podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Because you've got powerful legs, how do you get the physique? Was it gym or how do you get the physique? Um, I've always been that. She's actually not got powerful legs. Do you shower in your dressing room? Do you have a shower on the day of a fight or not? Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, oh, you yeah. little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. Absolute disgrace. I sure this- no one will mind. Move him out of here, Darren. Ricky had to go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual. I never see that. <laughs> Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a hand. Boxing, um, Natters, Messenger Group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Pump, you know what I'm saying? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 551st edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining us on the call, we have Matty DiGiallonardo and Andy Patterson going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The ad free Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Hello to everyone listening through the week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Sports Social. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice. That the entire month of December, nothing less than five stars is acceptable. We are into December now, 2023. Christmas is closing in on us, and so is 2024. What is it? Shorter of breath and one day closer to death. I sound a bit closer to death tonight. Uh, the, uh, the throat's a bit scratchy, which shouldn't affect us on an audio medium like this. We should all be fine. Shouting last night, no doubt, at the Michael Conlon card in Belfast SSE Arena. We'll be coming to that shortly. Bit of Nathan Gorman as well, getting his shorts taped up, Channel 5. Gavin Gwynn on Friday night. Hackett, Pro Box TV. Next week, Chris Billum-Smith's on. We'll be previewing that one. Pro Grey Haney. And also, Rabizi Ramirez is in action. It's in Texas, maybe, I think he is. Same place, Matty. As Ryan Garcia was in action last night against Oscar Duarte Hurado. We'll just call him Oscar Duarte for now. They said before the fight, Duarte was going to struggle because he was a little bit slow. He likes to stand stationary and let his shots go. For that to happen, you also have to stand in front of him for him to be effective. Ryan Garcia managed to move, 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 which was his modus operandi last night. Don't stand there to be a target and you should be able to get the job done, which is exactly what he did. Yeah, he uh there were some times he chose to trade there and uh and then uh Duarte kind of started coming on in the fifth sixth rounds and then uh Garcia decided to box a little bit and uh 
he was looking, you know, like, eh, maybe he might not be able to make the finish line. Maybe Duarte can uh, can get to him. He was landing some decent shots. Uh, Garcia was kind of doing a weird defensive move to get behind his shoulder, and it just seemed very open for a double left hook in that position, which uh, Duarte did catch him with at a couple of moments. But then just uh, catches uh, Duarte coming in and uh, and then kind of lands a flurry down Duarte goes. And uh, he was kind of up at about nine and a half, but that was enough for the ref and he called it. Um, I think he was given more time than Malik Scott. Um, so uh, he's got that going for him. And I didn't know if it was necessarily unfair. Uh, Duarte's a little bothered, but I think he pushed it as far as he could uh, in, in getting up there. But uh, Garcia looked looked all right. He's, he's, he's still punching good. That was at a 143 uh, catch weight. Um, he called out Raleigh. I could easily see him beating Raleigh. Um, Oscar says he'd like to match him against the pro Haney winner. We'll see. Um, but it, it was a, it was a pretty good performance uh, from Ryan where he, he fought a little, he boxed a little. Um, but I just, um, I, I can't say I'm tremendously high in his prospects at the top level going forward. I just don't think I saw um, what you'd be wanting to see from a fighter at that level. Uh, that, well, the level that he believes that he is at, I'll say. He's a hard man to please, is Matty. And uh, this was uh, Garcia's first fight since getting destroyed to the body oh, by Javonta Davis. Uh, he picked up on something, that weird side-on movement that Garcia was doing. I noticed that quite early on as well. The referee wasn't really wise to it. He kept blaming Duarte for hitting him around the back area. But that's all that Garcia was pre- presenting. It was, it was a bit of a shoulder roll at first. It became a, a, an all-round turnaround. Chris yeah. Mannix seemed to think he was protecting the body post Javonta Davis. If that's the case, then a couple of things come to mind. First of all, you can't get away with that every fight going forward. And secondly, people are going to think, whoa, hold on a minute. This guy's glass to the body, man. <laughs> he's, he's hiding something. Or, well, not really hiding. We've all seen it. But he's yep. definitely weak. He's definitely a, an obvious weakness. What on earth was he doing this move? Well, I said to you guys in the chat earlier on this morning when I seen it, it was complete poverty, that, that shoulder roll. I mean, it really was. And then when you say it was a complete turnaround movement, like literally turning his back on the situation. He's complaining about shots behind the head. Might have been some kidney shots and that as well. Maybe he was complaining about... But at the end of the day, he, he, he got the win. That's, that's first and foremost. I'd, I'd say his power is pretty much legit. He even got up in weight. That's another thing, actually, the weight. I mean, as Aussie's said here before, what breeds good habits is, like, you know, your weight, sticking to championship, you know, weight limits, and that, that, that breeds good habits. He's come in at 143. He demanded 143, I think, as well. So I don't know what that's about. But as I say, he got the win. He's still got the kind of star drawing power, as, as evidenced by some of the, the fans there last night. There was a bit of boon in that as well. A lot of Duarte support, though, I think, because of the Mexican Possibly, contingent aye. over the border, probably, yeah. Duarte, again, that that, that, that was not that was not a performance I was expecting for him, actually, in that as well. You know, he said nothing up, he walked into distance, he's trying to shimmy himself with, uh, into distance. He was doing nothing. Every time, he moved, uh, every time he moved his feet, he couldn't get shots off. So he had to wait to get his feet set, and about the time, as you say, and Matty says, Garcia was using his feet, he was dancing around about the ring, no one engaged, really. And it's kind of like picking his shots, type of thing and that, but... It's the bit I agree with, 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 with Matty on is you know his long term prospects. Well, for me, his prospects is this: it's, it's cherry picking for this point, and he's picking fights with, with Oscar and Bernard Hopkins. 
you know, if he gets his wish and gets becomes a free agent, who, who's who's he really going to be aiming to fight? Because even the champions, even the title holders, I would not fancy his chances against. Okay, we've got Progress fighting next week, so we'll just leave him out the equation. But put him in Matias, you know, like 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 he was fighting there last time. Matias, once Matias <laughs> oh, I love it, Andy. Up, body on the record, man. Liking that thinking. Well, second body on the record, mate. Um, once, once, as you, know, as you say, with, with that stupid turn he was doing there last night, all someone's got to do is find a good left hand, and he is on Queer Street immediately. So, as I say, first point forward, it'll be cherry picking, it'll be padding the bank account, it'll be padding his record. Because let's let's be honest, I thought I thought I thought he looked awful. You know, as I say, the powers there, he looked okay in terms of movement and type of thing, but. This, this this moment when he gets into a firefight or in, in quarters battles, not he's you know the way he's doing it, it's just no it's just not working out for him. So for me, it's all honest. It'll be as much money as he can get going forward, little resistance as possible, and again stay away from the legit bangers and the legit fighters at at one forty. Um, and the weight is going in terms of what he's doing with the weight, you know, i.e. catch weight. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him up at 147 this time next year, the weight is going in that as well. So too much talk. Well, there is a lot of talk in these days, but there isn't enough fighting in that as well, especially kind of enough enough fights that's going to get him the, 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 the required, you know, discipline and, you know, education and... Just the experience that he needs to be fighting at this top level because a lot of it, again, it's just IG fight, Instagram, you know, training and all this type of crap. He's got, you know, another trainer, I believe now. Forget how many he's got now at this point. As I said, he's Derek James, third and three. James, Joe Goosen before. And, yeah. and he says he's picking fights with, with his promoter. He's got any legal issues with his promoter, I believe. I think there's some sort of legal dispute going on there as well. So, yeah, well, he instructed his lawyer, didn't he, to draw up papers for them but uh, like you said there Andy about building him and improving him and moving him into positions surely the likes of Oscar and Hopkins now know for he's going to be away like a shot which, which begs the question why Garcia signed the contract extension in the first place but they're not they can't build him towards anything they're gonna to have to try and quote unquote cash him out which is why I think the likes of fighting guys like Rolando Romero big pay-per-view sells money they both talk absolute shit they're both relatively popular in their yeah. own sort of niches it's going to be fights like that isn't it now oscar's going to look to try and get his money back as best he can before ryan jumps ship well he's going to try something at least as i say if, he, if he's legit about trying to get these fights made you know cross promotions and he's going to reach out to like sal Heyman and that and try and get Roy, you know romero and matias so to speak um i'll just try to bring up the rank and see, see if i can find where garcia actually ranks so there is rank four with the wba Seven with IBF and seven with WBC. Well, so interestingly, like, Andy, fight. as well, he's number five with Boxwreck and number four in Boxwreck is Arnold Barboza Jr., who apparently has now signed with Oscar and was mm. supposed to be on that card last night. So there obviously, there's obviously maybe a bit of a move being made there, possibly. Either way, someone's got to do something with Barboza. He's 28 and 0. He's been with Bob most of his career. He's had no big fights, which is unfortunate because he's a decent fighter. But the fact he's so close to Garcia in the rankings there, maybe they're working a little bit of a move there, possibly. Possibly, possibly. But I, I think if they're going to, what's, what's the contract length again? I mean, again. If it's like two, three years long and that, then you could maybe sit him on the shelf. That, but he's, he's as I say, he's, he's too much a star for him in terms of like what he can draw in. So he's, there's no point shelving him. Barbosa would probably make sense. I'm just trying to see if any other names are kind of like cross promotions. I mean, we mentioned Jose Ramirez. I think last week potentially being an ideal opponent for someone. He's on the verge. I was listening to somebody being interviewed. I can't remember who it was, and they mentioned a possible opponent for Ramirez. And the interviewee, again, this is great stuff, I can't remember who it was, said, oh, Ramirez is sitting out, he's waiting for a title shot. 
right now he's a, he's on the verge of one being signed. It's going to be Lopez, but, in, but I don't it? know against who. It, it quite possibly, yeah, quite possibly. It's going to be Lopez. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. Lopez, in, mate. Mm -hmm. It could be. Um, Ryan Deal's here. Uh, thankfully, he's thrown in five New Zealand dollars. He says O'Hara Davis being held in Guantanamo Bay, getting waterboarded for information on the whereabouts of Rick Graveal, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, O'Hara Davis against Barroso. Andy was supposed to be the fight over the weekend. Barroso made it into the country. Poor old O'Hara didn't. Yeah, he's in, in Guantanamo. Yeah, I missed that as I say, until I mentioned to you guys today, actually. And it's just like so the, the legacy of Mr. Kinahan is hanging over Mr. O'Hara Davis and that. So, uh, yeah, because that was Davis's big chance. And it was a, um, certainly it was a winnable fight for him as well. So, he's uh, he must have known that was going to be an issue, though. Eh? But then again, he's not the brightest spark in the house, is he? No, should come on here with us. Had a chance to win a fucking interim belt against a guy who was three quarters of the way to his nation's life expectancy. I mean, it's fucking right there for the taking. Guy's probably think... good <laughs> He's outlived that life expectancy, I think, hasn't he? And Michael Thompson says, must have been some uh, check hook Ryan hit him with. Didn't want any more after that. It was a great shot by Garcia. I'll give him his due, man. The shot he caught. Duarte walked right onto it. It was it was an absolute. Uh, he did be dancing that as well. Yeah. He, 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 he did that usual thing. I'll wait till nine, then I'll make sure I, I try and get up. It's just a fraction <laughs> too late, but I'll make it look like I want to keep fighting. It's the ones you don't see coming, Andy, and the speed Garcia threw uh, that all of his faults. It was a cracking finishing shot, I thought. Plus, he kind of slightly walked on it a little bit, but it really takes the force and the surprise as well. So, uh, yeah, as I say, once once he got stood up by that shot, it was just a matter of. Oh, you know, Garcia cut loose and just make the fort uh, make the ref, you know, force the stoppage. We well, count them out basically at this at, the, at that rate. But yeah, he didn't want it anymore once he felt that power. And that's yeah. the one thing as well that Garcia is going to have, but he, you know, again, you can't fall in love with that power. Um and you know, there's cl clearly the wee bit of defensive issues need to be worked out on as well. If that's his uh, plan, you know, this this Alde type of you know, fucking shoulder roll that he's trying to learn and that it's just not going to cut the distance because Someone's going to find a left hand, just run about the side, and that and catch him square, and that's going to be him. Mm -hmm. I, I really believe. He, he, I really believe if 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 he was managed properly, he could go through the rest of his career without having you know, much issues. But it's when he's got to actually face the you know, the legit test, the legit hitters, and that, I think he's going to come really unstuck. Still stands with his chin in the air to it as as well, actually. So. Michael Thompson says, when Ryan loses his reactions and speed, eventually it'll be game over for him. He has stepped up against Davis. He wasn't on Davis's level. He got stopped. We all know he's an Instagram star. He brings the sort of teenage girl demographic to boxing. But he is a decent fighter. I think that that was a tough fight for him, to, for Golden Boy to give him. Some people are even saying, oh, they wanted him to lose, which, is, I don't know, Oscar doesn't even know what time of day it is half the time. But I thought that was a good win. And the way he finished Duarte as well, he could have easily stayed on his bike and gone the distance and just about sneaked by. So I'm going to give King Roy a pat on the back for that one. Uh, other people, Matty, aren't so uh, fussed. You might have seen this earlier in the Boxing Nutters group. Let me just get rid of Michael Thompson there. No offence, Michael. Uh, Calix Boxing for years. <laughs> number two <laughs> says, <clears throat> excuse me, Matty, Ryan Garcia is Victor Ortiz 2.0, explosive enough to put guys like Duarte away, not skilled or focused enough to beat top-tier fighters, way too flawed. It's going to be what it's going to be. <clears throat> Excuse me. He'll beat Rolly because Rolly sucks. Likely plucks off a low-hanging belt at some point. But really bad losses are in his future. You can see it from a mile away. He'll have his fair share of opportunities due to popularity, but red flags all over the place. So I think that's actually a pretty accurate description and fair. I, I, I think in some ways it is, but I will say that I think Ryan, you know, he might have his mental health bitches and whines. 
but I do think he's a little bit more headstrong than than Victor. You know, after the uh, the Davis loss, he wasn't in there saying that he didn't deserve to take such beatings and things of that nature. So I I uh, you know I I think there's there's something that that will keep him from being in the upper echelon of the sport, but I don't necessarily I think that he's some sort of a fucking head case fucking wacko like like victor was i mean he was a really special uh talent in that way like and what kind of got me with him you know the fight the fight of his that really got under my skin was the uh, lamont peterson fight where he somehow managed to find a draw in that fight despite dropping peterson like three times and again it's just like there's that kind of killer instinct was missing and it's a shame because i mean that guy i mean not only did he have just fucking thunder in that left hand his right hook was fucking mean too um, it, it's a fucking shame that, that, that he, uh, uh, couldn't just bite down a little bit more cause, cause he definitely had some fucking skill and power. Yep. Skill, power, speed. People were comparing him uh, to Oscar saying he was going to be the new Oscar at one point, but unfortunately it didn't quite work out for him. Uh, thanks to Kalik's boxing there. Yeah, he needed, from, from well, the I guess yeah. he just needed the cocaine that he forgot. <laughs> well, he maybe get to that. <laughs> he maybe get to that. Uh, Rob, we're talking Ryan Garcia knocking out Oscar Duarte. What's in Ryan's future, do you think? Could it be Rolly? Could it be Arnold Could it be shaving his hair off and growing a beard? I can't see that. It's his fucking fan base if he fucking crack it up if he gets <laughs> gets rid of the, the hair and all that. Like I'd say keep him away from anyone that can fight based on the, the performance last night. And that's not to take anything away from Garcia because I think we need Garcia, like, but we just need him to be a little bit better. If Garcia was a little bit better, he could be he could save the sport to a degree because he's got the YouTube viewership. But he's the pro. He's the legit pro boxer, like that's come through the amateurs and all that. Like you know what I mean. So I think they fast tracked him a little bit. I think he got left hand happy earlier in his career, and I think he made a lot of money too early, which maybe inflated his own uh, self fucking whatever the fuck you would say. Um, his his own self worth. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he was renegotiating contracts before he'd ever really done anything in the ring, like um, with Golden Boy. There's obviously a fractured relationship between him, Oscar, and uh, Bernard Hopkins. So I like him. Like I like Assi. I would. I, I kind of wish he hadn't had that period of inactivity. I don't know what the fuck was going on there, but I'm highly, highly, highly skeptical of guys that are tra- changing trainers every five minutes. This fella's been with Renault, so now to Goosen, uh, to Derek James, and despite Chris Mannix fucking with his balls in his mouth, basically for the commentary, I didn't really think that there was any marked improvements from Garcia last night. Okay, he's a little bit on the stick. I think Jer- James is trying to have him fight like the third Charlo, Jarmul Charlo, the nobody lesser known. Um, <laughs> he was standing but, up in between rounds. Well, what do you think of that as a strategy? That's that's a lot of shit as well. Like, isn't stand between? Just take the fucking rest, like everybody else. Like, I don't, I don't know what about that. Let's try to prove something. Bit, but I guess the guy like. Duarte, like it doesn't, it's not really saying much, you know. That way, Duarte offered nothing, he walked forward. Um, but he, even by walking forward, he was making him look uncomfortable in certain stages, his head straight up in the air. Still, nobody's taking that out of his game with the three trainers that he's been with. And he was doing a strange, strange imitation of a shoulder roll. And I think Derek James even said to him, Stop doing that shit, you're not Floyd, something like that. Like, stop fucking stop with that shoulder roll. Like, he's turning his back and coming out. So, I think a proper fighter would take his head off, but. Him versus Raleigh, fun fight. Him versus O'Hara Davis, fun fight. Both fights that he could win just off the left hook alone, probably. And, you know, he talks the talk. He can sell fights. He doesn't really necessarily have to walk the walk. You just get him in well-matched fights, make him look good, and keep keep the money rolling if I was, you know, the person calling the shots for him. 
And then down the line, he's shown like he's not afraid to fucking. He stepped up to fight Tank Davis, fucking came down to weight and everything, had a period of inactivity and went straight to Davis in the fight. Didn't work out for him, but and he didn't offer much in the fight apart from looking wild with the left hook and looking for the left hook all night. And I, th- I think he's the type of person that doesn't listen. I saw a little bit of footage with Lenares and him together, and Lenares is making suggestions like that maybe. You know, maybe you try, maybe you try throw something different than the left hook. He's like, I like the left hook, but maybe why don't you try double jab left hook, something like this? You know what I mean? He's like, uh huh, uh huh. So I think I think he has yet to find the best version of him, and I don't know with everything going on with him, just the sheer fame and uh, money and adoration and all that he has. I think he's kind of skipped a lot of the steps um, that make champions. So he's a big ticket seller. He's a good look for the sport if we can get him in good fights. He's exciting. I think he comes to fight. He's not the best, but we'll take him. Do you know that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, I think know, that's a fair assessment. You know, the problem with that shoulder roll, Rob, is he wasn't like, you know, turning the right hand over into it. He was just keeping the static position. Like, there was no nuance to it. Yeah, it was just purely defensive moves, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, you're just a sucker for the left hook sitting like that. It, it, that, that style doesn't suit him. Like, he's, he's got height. He's big. He's 140. He's got long reach. Like, he should be fucking every... Uh, Lenares is right. You know, the advice when he's giving him was great. Everything should be coming off a double jab and then setting that, setting that hook up rather than... He just throws the check hook like we're nothing behind it either. Like, it's just like, come here. <laughs> Missed you that time. Come here. i get you this time. <laughs> you know, there's no, like, kind of fucking set up to the shots. No real ring IQ. I don't think they're with him. But he can fight a bit. He's get, He hopefully will get better, get more active, and bring the sport. Like, bring those guys into big fights. Like, fuck me. Like, you know, Asher Core Stevenson or Devin Haney, take the hand off, a fight, off them for a fight with Ryan Garcia and uh, Tiafimo, any of these guys. Now, they're all guys that I think have beat him, but... Him being involved in those contests is going to raise the profile of the fight. Look, look he at him can like be part of other people's stories almost. Look at him and Tank. Tank gets his biggest yeah. fucking pay- payday and makes point. himself yeah. a bigger yeah. star even but yeah. from that fight. Like so, and he's willing to have the fights too. He's not, you know, he got to the press conference straight away last night. He's talking shit about Shakur Stevenson putting everybody to sleep in that. Like so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Let's have it. Like, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, Matty, you put this comment up, so we'll close on this before we go into the undercard for Michael Thompson. Uh, for the, anyone listening on podcast, he said that Garcia can definitely fight. I think opponents assume he's just a flashy social media star with only Instagram skills, but he's been well-schooled. I, I would agree with that. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, he does, can't get to the level he's at without, uh, you know, something of uh, value. You know, Oscar didn't... Uh, didn't jump on signing him because he was without talent. Um, funny enough, there's a rumor going around that Oscar is Ryan Garcia's dad. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's totally fucking bullshit. But he probably funny. knows Ryan better than his own kids, so I mean, that's one. That's there was a possibility, by the way. Oscar is uh, Oscar is like dedicated to that craft. He can get from TV. <laughs> well, it, well, Ryan, Ryan's from Victorville, California, which is a uh, which is quite the shithole, as I understand it. It seems like the place. Place that one might go to get a shitty motel and do a little Plenty bit of cocaine, and, and, and as you'll recall, that is the uh, <laughs> the uh, the place where the infamous uh, Bob Sheridan taking out the biker gang in his Corvette story oh, yeah. uh, uh, came from too. So uh, maybe yeah, Bob Sheridan's really his father. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I guess to sum it up, I wouldn't fuck with Ryan because he's like hardcore street from fucking Victorville, V Town, bitch. Didn't, didn't Hugh Grant kind of like frequent that area in that way? But what was her name? Divine Brown. Brown. Yeah. Oh, be one for Dominic. Dominic likes to get school on the old school fucking punches, punchers from the past. <laughs> <laughs> 
I flip me right off. That's it, bro. I something bro. That's just goes to show that, like that. That's that's there, right? I know we're, we're going to digress now, right? Very short, very quickly. But Not on this show, show, Rob. You. Come on. <laughs> that just goes to show you that no man has the fuck because this motherfucker was a Hollywood movie star at dinner with Liz Harley. Decided, you know what? I'm just fucking going to go to the bathroom, guys. <laughs> Went outside on the street to try and fucking solicit a blowjob for himself. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? Oh. Well, I mean, to be to be fair, Rob, like if if you're Liz Hurley, you wouldn't have to like try very hard in bed whatsoever. Like you're just you're lucky to be like within I inches would of love. Me. Yeah, she's a lace, I would, man. I would love to see. Uh, exactly. I would love to see the the you know the then and now pictures of a two women by the way, because I can guarantee <laughs> what was the age finest and it's no Mrs. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Brown's forget, voice. Forget about Bud Crawford, man. Liz is pound for pound number one for me. I'll tell you that oh, much. I... <laughs> but maybe she's a pain in the hole. Do you know what I mean? Everyone <laughs> yeah. says that as well about PK or PK left Shakira. Maybe Shakira's a massive bitch. Who knows? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yes, no, no, that's fine. Yeah, I feel like, well, I don't think we have deviated too much from Ryan Garcia into the world of celebrity, into the world of the undercard, Matty. I don't know how much you saw of this. I'll go over it very quickly, though, Golden Boy. Decent undercards. We were supposed to have O'Hara Davis against uh, Barroso. We've spoken about the visa issues. Arnold Barboza was supposed to be on the card. Didn't quite make it, unfortunately. Uh, the son of a legend, Shane Mosley Jr., got a sixth-round retirement win over Joshua Conley. Not to be confused with Joshua Clotty. Uh, Floyd Schofield, he's decent. He went in against Ricardo Lopez, who said, I'm going to give him the toughest fight of his career. Mark my words. He got dropped four times and knocked out in the first round. So I don't know what Schofield's other fights were like. And then Darius Fulgham. Uh, 9-0 with nine <clears throat> knockouts. Uh, Pacino Hill, not to be confused with Al Pacino there, Matty. Uh, did you catch anything of... A lot of legal battles caught the other Schofield guy had, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's busy. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Matt. Yeah, I, uh, Fulgham, uh, he's an interesting prospect. Hopkins is really high on him. Uh, he uh, He's already got a college degree. He's a registered nurse. Um, and, um, yeah, interesting guy. He um, He seems to be really sharp good head on his shoulders um which i think uh you know really goes a long way um for uh just ma- maximizing what what talents you have so looking forward to seeing what fulgum is uh does going forward um and then um we'll hit on uh, schofield real quick he just demolished his opponent and put him down four times every time he touched him just hurt him um so i mean that doesn't tell you much about schofield um, I would, you know, if they can't get these guys in with the, the champions, let's clear out some prospects and get us a Williams, a paid, a Floyd Schofield fight. You know, come on, give us some love here. Um, that'd be an interesting one. And, uh, you know, Shane Mosley Jr. Um, Conley uh, has been the distance with a few decent fighters, pretty mm-hmm. durable. And, uh, you know, Mosley finding that over the top right hand to take him out of there, um, he uh, it just landed a bunch on him, I think, at the sixth or the seventh. And uh, and then Conley, uh, just between rounds, told his guys he just didn't have anything left. But, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, Mosley is, he's, he's kind of developed into a pretty decent little fighter. And in a really weak middleweight division, given the right circumstances, I could see him picking up a title. Stranger things have happened. It is pretty weak at the moment. He's not a great talker, though, Matt. Did you see him trying to cut a little promo before with the, the girl interviewing him? My God, it was painful. Yeah, he he definitely didn't get any of his dad's swagger. Unfortunately, he just got his mom's cuntiness, it seems. <laughs> he talks like his dad talks now. Shane was there. They're friends again. 
Yeah, yeah, everything's groovy in the Mo- in the uh, the Mosley family right now, so that's good to see. Um, but uh, and apparently uh, Mos- he probably just fell out with that because he's sick of the dad having a new girlfriend every six weeks. Like, Fuck off, dad. Who's this one? Like, this is the love of my life. This is the you know what I mean. I've fucking I- seen this shit before. Hey, let me ask you, Rob. If I would you take a twenty dollar bet that Shane Mosley has never stolen pussy from his son? <laughs> I, like I if, if I gave you that bet, like would you take it or not? You know, I don't know. That's vice versa. I'd say, I'd say it's probably more likely the other way around <laughs> with, the, with the fucking the women saying senior calls for like it's that's probably more likely the other way around. Like yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Anyways, uh, glad to see the family back together. Whatever uh, trials and tribulations they might have been through, but uh, yeah, Mosley Junior onwards and uh, and upwards, and uh, his dad um, sounded a little bit punch drunk, but uh, doing okay it seems. Yeah, he's doing okay. Good luck to the Mosley family as a whole. Uh, before we look in the chat and go on to Conlon and anything else, Andy on Friday night, Gavin Gwyn. Over in the York Hall, I didn't see any of the undercard. I did watch the main event, though, against the ageless Emiliano Marsili, 47 years of age. His future was ahead of him before his uh, right shoulder went out. Uh, one of the judges had Gwyn ahead. I thought Marsili was winning. Outrageous. His work rate was really good. And uh, the, the right shoulder, very much like myself, just put paid possibly to his career. And he's six years older than me as well. Not much going for him. Yeah, uh, I thought he was doing pretty well. Actually, one of the, uh, one of the judges had him uh, had went up by two points. Uh, Marcelli, obviously, he's not got the power, and as I say, he's obviously, I'm surprised he didn't, he didn't seem he was going to like he was going to fade five, six, seven rounds. I think Jesus, man, Gwyn's going to have to. What he seemed to think he was going to do was like basically walk forward and just try and just like land shots, but. You know, Marcelo was just backing off, using every inch of the ring. He would let his punches go when when Gwyn was covering up, and then he wouldn't be there to take take the uh, you know any any counter shots or anything like that. The injury seemed to be pretty legit. I mean, you could see literally like I don't know if it was like a dislocated shoulder, yeah. but you want to see something protruding at the top uh-huh. end of his shoulder. And that it felt gutty for the guy in that because it did look like he was on the he was on the way. But uh, just check the judges' scorecards here again. 78, 74, 77, 75 to the Italian, and then 77, 75 to Gavin Gwynn on the third card. And that. So I did, I did think a wee bit maybe the tide was slightly turning, mm-hmm. but we we'll never know now. Actually, that it did look like he was, he was doing all he could just to kind of even get to what was it, what, uh, round eight, round nine, whatever it was. But uh, it just wasn't to be. So he just, he just didn't really get the chance to kind of capitalise after that Derry Matthews win either, uh, Marcelli. So. Shame because it says he went on. I think he went on the road and won that European belt, possibly, eh, or I think it was eh, no, it was a vacant belt. Sorry, so came across here. Just wasn't it to be though. It, it says he was doing pretty well, but injuries happen. Injuries happen, well, yeah. Uh, Marcelli was twenty-four years old on nine eleven. <laughs> Do you think he was involved? Highly likely. Highly likely. Might have been. Uh, Gwyn has improved. Um, he's improved enough to become the European champion. Uh, they were talking about his next moves, but I can't quite remember what they were. I've thrown in the StreamYard link in the uh, in the chat there. So if anybody wants to come on and join us and talk about the fights, you are more than welcome. Talking about this fight, I was there last night. Uh, Take Ames was in the house. Uh, Dominic Henry as well took me, took my son. He was enjoying himself up with the revelers at the SSA Arena in Belfast. Michael Conlon. Uh, the comeback isn't going too well. Seventh round stoppage loss to Jordan Gill. A few of the boys, Rob, were talking about the stoppage and saying it was a little bit premature, it was a little bit early. From watching at ringside, I didn't think it was. Even though he was blocking, parrying a lot of the shots of the actual stoppage itself weren't landing, 
I think if you look at the context of that fight, look at the context of his career, the Wood fight took a lot out of him. The Lopez fight, absolutely crushing loss. The fact he was up in weight, the fact he can't punch, the fact he was every inch of his soul just to try and stay in that fight and box his way in. He was hurt numerous times. I was watching those legs, the, the hips and everything on Conlon were just going like jelly. There was something wrong with his legs, man. He was not holding the shots well. I, it, I'm going around the houses here to say I didn't disagree with the stoppage, man. I thought he could have got hurt in there. No, me neither. And um, I was saying this, like I, I didn't think he belonged up at 126. Um, and I was worried after, like, the Lee Wood knockout was so devastating. Like he went out of the ring and then landed on his head and half the arena thought he was dead. So to be back in, like I, I would have really, really from that point, from that point on, I would have been more careful with him matchmaking and bringing him back along. I know he had a couple of uh, easier fights and then went straight back in with Lopez. But the, the the manner in which he got knocked out against Lopez was more concerning for me because Lee Wood won. Obviously like it was, it was, spectacular on the eye it was dramatic it was fucking hard to mouth stuff you're really worried for him but in that f Lopez fight the manner in which he took the shot I just th I thought he looked shook to the core and I thought I said this last week I think like my worry for him is that he stayed hit from the wood fight and now anytime he gets caught that his punch resistance is going to be gone and especially up the weight even though Jordan Gill is not known as a puncher he's carrying that extra weight to go up I just didn't. I just, I didn't like. I, I, I would have retired after Lopez fight, but obviously you can't tell fighters what to do. Fellas have their own ambitions and their own dreams, and who the fuck are we to, you know, to tell them when to quit or whatever? And I think he's one of these fighters that was good enough to win a world title in the four belt era, and it just hasn't happened. Like, but there's no point trying to force it forever. He had a couple of cracks at it, and getting getting stopped like that against Jordan Gill home in Belfast seventh round like and like you said he was fighting for his life to stay in the fight like um and I like Mick like you know what I mean I like I, I think he's been like I, I tipped him to win a world title when he turned over didn't happen but you know he's been great for boxing in Belfast and best of luck to him if this is the end like but I don't want to see him get hurt either you know that way like and I think the writing's on the wall when he's like once the second round once that once he got dropped so heavily in the second round I think oh fuck. I, I was expecting him maybe to have to overcome some adversity and maybe mm -hmm. come through the fire a little bit and hang on a little bit and, you know not look great or whatever but tough it out to get the win but when I saw him get dro dropped so heavily in the second round I said fuck this is going to be a long night for him like I don't think he's getting out of this one and that's the other thing once he gets hit you don't see him coming back, don't you? Not like you just see you see it being one way from then on. Like once he gets hit, once that kind of once the leg and the, I I don't disagree with you, Steve. I think if you look at it closely enough, there's points even before the ref jumped in where his legs were completely stiff, completely stiff. So even though he was parrying shots, his fucking legs were gone. Like so, the ref I think the ref was correct in his decision. It was a stoppage at the right time. Uh, yeah, Johnny says, when you're making Jordan uh, Gill look like a roadman killer, it's time to pack it in. I threw the StreamYard link out earlier, and Ahmed has availed of this opportunity. I don't recognise the name, but you are more than welcome on this Sunday evening. What do you want to talk about, sir? Ahmed, go ahead. What do you want to talk about? You there, Ahmed? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, go ahead. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, like, uh, yeah, Conlon needs to, I think, a rebuild because, like, uh, it's terrible seeing him get knocked out so often because, like, uh, he's, he's he had a good, pro like, a uh, uh, career in terms of, like, his uh, his build-up. He was, like, an Olympian. And, like, yeah, it's just, like, I think uh, Eddie is just, like, throwing him to the fire too early. He does it all the time. He needs to, like, you know, give him, like, like a, a yeah, just like a... Uh, 
Yeah, give him a build-up fight because, like, he's getting knocked out so often. I feel like he's going to, you know, either retire or just hang around for a couple of more years. I, I don't see any, uh, you know, I don't see the, he, a chance for him to get a belt because I feel like he's, he's too chinny now. He's, he's also, his chin is gone. Uh-huh. Well, you mentioned the build-up fight, but was this not supposed to be the build-up fight? I don't think they're expecting Jordan Gill, not really a renowned puncher, to come in and knock him out, possibly. Yeah, but I think I think I think if you just throw him underneath on the undercard with like uh, uh, just like the same way, uh, um, what you call it? Yeah, I feel like I don't, I don't think he should headline. I should I think they should put him as a co-main and have him fight. You know, like uh, um, uh, yeah, just like just like just give him like like cans, a nice five six cans. Just to get his confidence back up, because like I feel like I imagine his confidence is rock bottom at the moment. I don't feel like I feel like he feels. I think he's just going into fights just to stay relevant. I feel like he needs to, like, uh, yeah, just have a soft touch, a real soft touch, just to so get his confidence think, up. So I'm you sorry. think you you think the headliner role is as much of a cause of his problems as anything else? Maybe kind of a a pressure aspect. Yeah, because like also called because like. Putting anyone, putting him in there with someone with a heartbeat, I think it's like it's too risky. Because like, honestly, because like, because um, like, oh, also he changes his style. He's coming forward now. He, he's not being a, he's he's not being a tactical fighter. He's what's it called? Uh, yeah, like, not, he's not using the sweet science. I feel like he's going in, and like he, I feel like he's still thinking he's, he's in his prime. I, I feel like he's in the later stages of his career. I feel like they need to be cautious with him. Um, I mean like. Yeah, I feel like also called the headlining thing. You have when he, whenever he's headlining, they have to put him in with decent opposition. I feel like he he can't be. I feel like I know he's late in his age now, but like, but yeah, I feel like yeah, I think I feel like he'd be a good co-main guy for a bit, just for a short while, beat up some cans, get his confidence back up, and then yeah, and then get get him another coach because like all the coaches he's been getting recently are encouraging him to go front. I feel like he's old style where he used to just stand behind a jab and just the Olympic style where he just, you know, flapping his what's it called uh, the jab and not engaging. I think that would have been best, like best for suited for him. This whole going in there, I, like I don't know who taught him this Mexican style because like he doesn't have the chin for it. Well, I think the whole idea was he he said before the fight he was going to Pedro Diaz to sort of get back to that Olympic move style. But when he got knocked down in the second round, that kind of went out the window and he he stood and traded, which he did against Lopez. And as you said, he doesn't have the chin or or the power for that, unfortunately. I think it was he got dragged into that fight, maybe. I mean, what kind of coach would you, uh, Ahmed, would you send him to now? Because that's going to be another change of trainer. He's already had two or three different trainers. I'm trying to... Also called uh, who's a good trainer in the UK at the moment? Um, I'm trying to, I'm going blank at the moment. Um, go to Adam Booth. Well, he's already been to Adam Booth. You can't go back yeah, to Adam Booth. Never go back. Oh, I have, I have a good one. Who's the current trainer for Anthony Joshua? I think he's the guy who used to train Tyson Fury. Oh, uh, Ben Davison. Ben Davison. Like, yeah, he's a good trainer. Exercise. Yeah. Like also called high IQ there. I, and he'll get him out of the so if the tie gets too far, he'll he'll throw in the uh, the towel so he doesn't get knocked out. So like, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't I actually think Davison he's not a great fit for a lot of fighters. I don't if 
if Conlon wants to go on, I don't think Davison's a bad fit for him. Yeah, if, maybe he can train him and Lee Wood for the rematch together. He can train both of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what we need is a rematch of that. But I, I kind of, if there's only a, if, if Conlon wants to continue, it's only going to work if he admits that he's not a 130 pound puncher and he admits that he's a lazy super bantamweight who refuses to go down to the weight. He keeps trying to blame it on, on cutting weight when it has nothing to do with that. He's too small for the weight. And I swear he can still make 122. I'm thinking Donaire at 126 ended up back at 118. I, I just feel like he's got to quit with this. I'm a puncher who is weight cut mentality and fucking cut the weight and live the life and, and go back to where you belong, which is 122 pounds. Mm. Mm. Uh, do you have anything else you want to throw in, Ahmed? How do you pronounce uh, your name? Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's yeah. Okay. Um, I think also called this is like also called like I think the last bit I just want to say it's not relevant to like uh, yesterday's fights, but um, I think what do you like? I, I just want to say going on Anthony Joshua. I feel like if you thought you guys think I, I, I watched the last podcast, and I feel like. He will go back to like I wanted to go back to the like uh, uh, uh that Wallen fight. I think it's going to be really tough for him because like Wallen, when you know like he put up a good fight with uh, Tyson, and I feel like that is a much more difficult fight than what Wilder has. Wilder, I feel like he's fighting a I think a like uh, a past his prime. Um, guy's name I'm going blank, but. But yeah, I feel like also called um, if if uh, if if Anthony Joffrey can go past Wallen, I feel like he could beat uh, Tyson Fury because like this Tyson Fury, like I think like like you guys mentioned, he doesn't have the, the legs anymore. He's soft in the middle section. I feel I feel like that is a way more competitive fight if he can if he can get past Wallen. But yeah, um, do you think he will get past Wallen? I feel like I feel like it should because like he beat him twice before in amateurs. Like if if he if he can pass that mental and he's been in the uh, also called he's been in the dark hole for like what four days. He's he might have just got his you know like uh his rehab sorted out and he might have found a bit of confidence. I mean like he's talking the talk in the press conference. He was giving people attitude. He was giving big baby attitude. I, I like to believe that he's going back to like you know he like he's like uh. You know, back to the streets. Yeah, I would love to see a roadman like Femi back. I'd love to see that. But, but, but if he goes like, what's called the thing is the big test is once he gets in the ring, does he go back to being like you know like the tentative you know scared guy he was? I actually to be honest, that Usyk fight, the second Usyk fight, he made a lot of adjustments. I wish he stayed with uh, that coach because he was like. He did, I think he made a lot of improvements in that second uh, Usyk fight because, like, he was able to, like, um, he, he he was going on the front foot. He was putting pressure on uh, Usyk. He, I think, he gassed out in the ninth, but like he put like what's it called? He had a uh, a decent game plan, and I mm. feel like if 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 that if that Usyk Joshua from Usyk two comes back with some adjustments and he's more aggressive in the beginning, I feel like. He could be like uh, uh, Wallen easier. 
because he has he has the physical attributes. It's all the mental stuff that needs to be sorted out. Yeah, that's a fair point. Well, after the day of reckoning, Ahmed, we are going to do a post-fight pod, so feel free to jump on then if you want to. Will do. Thanks, guys. Nice one. Cheers. Bye. There you go. Ahmed's coming on. Cheers, Ahmed. Opinions. Yeah, good stuff there. Well, we, I say we'll do a post-fight pod if we get over 100 likes on the videos. We'll do a post-fight pod. You know, oh. can't give them too much, Matty. Can't give them too much. Yeah, you're just looking for an excuse not to do it. <laughs> you know me too well uh, uh, one, one thing Ahmed was talking about there was Conlon he, he should have got on the back foot which I think was the plan but he got drawn in he tried to slug it out the fans could tell that he was kind of last chance saloon he got dragged into a fight by Gil who really got his game plan quite good you know he got the hands up he got stuck in he got he hurt Conlon early it just felt like it was a matter of time before he caught him again with that same shot it was the left hand over and over again so we've got to give Jordan Gill as much as we're sort of writing the obituary for Conlon here give Jordan Gill a bit of credit as well he went, he said afterwards Matty I don't know if you listened to the the zone broadcast he poured his heart out he said he was at rock bottom after losing to Kiko his missus left him he was in a real dark place he was telling us he said some bad stuff happened to him as well <laughs> <laughs> He was in the dark place like Anthony Joshua. <laughs> I know, fair play to him. I was saying that in the chat, like you can't take anything yeah. away from him, especially after everything he's been through. He fucking went and upset the Abacan. He's got right there at the right time. Eddie, yeah. get him a world title fight now, mate. Make, give him that life-changing money that like you like to talk about and you make sure you get that boy set up and she ain't got no money, baby. <laughs> She's like Ricky Bobby's wife for Talladega and I used to come back when he has all the bread again. Like that's terrible. Actually, maybe I should we should fucking talk about someone's wife. That's fucked up, man. Fuck's sake. Hit the like button. Do you guys do you guys ever see the episode of Married with Children where Sam Kinnison was Al's guardian angel? Sam Kinnahan? Sam Kinnison, the comedian. Oh, no. No. no, yeah, it was it was pretty classic. He went, he was telling Al how he uh, how he died. He said, uh, you know, he got married to his wife and everything was going good, even though she gained about a hundred pounds for every year that he was married. But he didn't let that stop their love until one day he came home and he found his grandfather's pants in his bed. So what did he do? He went, he canceled his life insurance policy, and he hung himself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Sam Kinnison died. His became Al's guardian angel. We're gonna have to tick the sensitive issues box now, Matty. <laughs> Shout out to Peggy and Kelly Bundy for Twitter. Oh, preach, brother, preach. <clears throat> anyway, back to Conlon. I can't remember what I asked you, Matty, but dig us out of this hole for goodness' sake. Oh, well, you're talking. Well, yeah, fair play to Jordan Gill for for getting over that rough patch in his life and uh, not canceling his life insurance policy and hanging himself at his fight for his his wife. He uh, he dragged himself out of the hard times and uh, he came in and decided that he was going to play the role of a puncher and uh, he's got a second lease on life for his career following that uh, loss to Lee Wood. So good on the guy. I, uh, I it was an unexpected performance and uh, I think uh, he seems like the kind of cat who's going to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. He certainly does. Uh, Andy F2 says, is Gil a Caldwell fighter uh, heating up the radiators? The heat was on. He did give a shout out to Dave Caldwell, uh, but he, he wasn't there in his corner. His dad was in the corner for the biggest night of his life so far. And he, he was a, a tough loss to Kiko. He did get absolutely battered in that fight. Yeah. And to come back and like I say, he was fighting like an absolute puncher. Who knows where that punch power came from, Andy? Well, it just shows you, mate, you know, a lot of guys through the years, great talents and that, but what, what, what's the weak point? The woman, you know, sometimes we call them the ball and chain because of the anchor as to the, you know, to the ground. 
he's basically had the shackles taken off him, mate, and literally went out there and just like put it all together, isn't he? He's I don't know if he saved his career, so to speak, but he certainly hit himself in the shop window. To be fair, I mean, last week, I think I even said it, it was, I didn't really expect him to win. I thought it was a safe option for Mick to come back to. And uh, it just, it just shows you as well. The other thing I was thinking about was, was Conlon, you know, he's, like, he's, remember the early half of his career, he was very, very boring to watch, very, you know, you know go textbook boxing. It's just been the last few years now. He seems to be in these absolute wars and the, you know, these these moments that you seem to remember. But it's for the, it's for the wrong reasons. That's three knockouts now, bad ones or bad beatings at least. Um, and we could see it as well with with that first knockdown yesterday. Sorry, in round two, you could just see that the way he went, it was. You just, just kind of felt it was just a matter of time, and Gil just kind of kept putting the pressure on, kept put, just wouldn't be denied. You see what you and, mentioned there, Andy. By the way, I mentioned this to Dominic yesterday when when we were coming back from from the fights. Do you think now you sort of look at back at Mick's career and look at the likes of the, how close the Baluta fight was? Look at the struggles in the Takush fight with the low blows and not being able to get him out of there, and and look at these as sort of warning signs almost. Yeah, and obviously as well, it was was the weight earlier half in his career. I mean, he, he was really meant to be a one twenty two fighter. He just couldn't make the weight. He's too big for it as well. You've had the long amateur career. God knows how many you know how many travels he's went and fought in many tournaments abroad. The countless hours of sparring. It's just caught up with him now. As it says that's three bad knockouts. So. If anybody was was nearby him and that, and you know, you know, if you, you know a few Irish boys, like me, I'd hope they'd be telling him you know it's time to retire because uh, you know he's up and waiting now as well. I mean, that's up, it's up at super feather. And hmm. Do you think he will really retire? Up there? I'm not sure. Hundred percent sure he will. You know. Well, mate, what's, what's he going to mean? Okay, I can understand. They didn't want to go out after, uh, on that knockout back in May. I want to come back. It looked like a safe option. Gil, no, it wasn't really a noted puncher. As you say, he got destroyed off Kiko. You're like, you know, this this is opportunity, really. I think even Eddie, I mean, Eddie's, I think Eddie's been honest in that as well, to be fair, that's saying, like, it's a hard word back. That's Eddie speak for saying, like, listen, I think it's time to, time to chuck it. Um, I think the Gaufrey win maybe, maybe just um, dressed it up a wee bit. You know, obviously, the, kind of, you know, the Miguel Mariaga fight in that as well. 10 round decision. But Mariaga had seen better days. He had him done, was it twice, I think? Well, he dropped Mariaga three times. I, I, was, I was at that fight. And right. two, two of them, were he said, were slips. He said that himself. But Mariaga is another one who has to set his feet, doesn't he? And Conlon just yeah. kept moving, moving, moving. Yeah. And Gaufer, I think I don't know if Gaufer had been on a, a decent run of form at that point. And they got iced in one round. Iced like, him in a round, that's uh, right. Yeah. And obviously the, the Lopez situation, we'll see what kind of puncher he is. And that, but it's... To me, he's up too high in weight. At this point, I think 126 was a bit of a push. And he clearly kind of made 122. He's, he's just clearly, you know, it's a bit too big for the weight. But is he 5'7", five, 5'8"? Five, Massive for uh, for Super Bantam weight. And I just, he just couldn't make it anymore. But I say that everything now, coupled with the, with, uh, with the knockouts, all the sparring, all the amateur stuff and that as well. 32-year-old, three bad knockouts in his career. And that, it's, it's, it's time to go, I think. I think, Andy, as well, just before we, uh, we bring Dominic in there, um, what Ahmed was saying was a good point. And ideally, you would want Conlon to come back in an eight-rounder, a nice little soft one, sort of 
not obviously off TV, but a chief support, um, a, you know, kind of co-support, whatever. But that's never going to happen in the real world. You know, it's common oh. boxing. They're looking for a headliner. He's a big star in Belfast. They need to pack out the Odyssey. He's still a name. The amount of people won't be coming out for him, but he has to lead those shows. You can't know. The gene is out of the bottle. He's, he's never going to go back to eight-round co-support, unless they well, took him over to England, maybe. Ahmed had a good point, but they, they can't do that. Well, what you could do, mate, again, this is like parking the ego and that really as well. I mean, you could have Mick headline, but an eight-round event where it's got actual prospects on the card, but Mick headline, let's say, at the mm. Europa, for example. Misfits boxing, man. He could fight me. Yeah, though, that as well. You, has, you could have that option. You might have a chance of knocking him out, mate. <laughs> You're back in the gym these days, I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like your <laughs> <laughs> Dominic's in the corner. It must have been good anyway, Steve, when you are fucking going home there with Dominic in the car because... Break up the journey like Dominic asks a question, and then just before you drop him home, you can answer it. You know what I mean? Brutal mentality on Esther. Here, Rob, has Rob had his tell us say on on the, on the fight yet? Yes, yes, I have, yes. I have Dominic. Yeah, because oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, I don't want Rob waiting for me to flip and give me a talk here in the next forty-five minutes. No, you're all right. You're clear. You're clear. You're clear to go. <laughs> Go on, Dominic. Good, good to hear from you. What did you make of last night? Oh, yeah, it was just uh, sad, you know. It's uh, for for Mick. Like I'm, a few of the boys were saying in the others chat about him, about his sort of approach to the whole support and his his decision to sort of not disguise his sort of allegiance and that's how he sort of maybe alienated some fans. But um, I, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say I dislike him. Ah, you know, fuck them. Overtly, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's more. I I felt he. I was saying to Rob earlier. I felt he should have packed it in after the the Lopez fight. Um, you know that was a he was he was knocked out very bad there. And I was just as I said the last night, Steve. I was just thinking back to what Rob said on the pod last Sunday when he was saying if there only had been thirty or forty seconds left when he knocked Wood down in that first round, um, and it wasn't beyond the realms of possibility at all that he could have got what out of there in that first round or as you said yourself um if he somehow had have held on in that last round um you know the the hinge of fate that uh, things could have been very different Slide for him indoors. he's wba champion he's got the confidence he's knocked down wood he's beaten him for a title he goes in against mauricio lara all of a sudden his tails up he feels he can outbox him for 12 rounds everything's different so yeah. what you're saying is that uh, that uh, knockout loss to Lee Wood saved his life from having to go in against Mauricio Lara? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> Quite possibly. Yeah, it's a... Uh, and, and then, you know, the, I was thinking, you know, if you want to be crude about it, you know, the, the sort of oversimplified story is that, you know, it's the, the old story about the difference between the amateur code and the pro setup. But I think that's probably a bit too harsh because if you look at the at the Wood fight... You know, we did come very close that night. Um, but, um, yeah, as Andy said, three bad knockouts. And I think that the, the wood knockout, it was it was it punctuated a, a, an absolutely brutal preceding 11 rounds. That was a that was a very, very tough fight. Um, the sort of fight that even if he had held on and not been knocked out in that last round, it takes, it takes years off your career. Um, but the other thing I, I put into the chat earlier, and it, it sort of didn't occur to me when we were driving home, Steve. But um, you know, usually his his mother and father are you know their visible presence at ringside, yes, and yes. I couldn't see them no. last night. Good and point. To me, that sort of made me wonder. I'm just speculating, but you know, it, it, 
it makes you think whether you're, whether fully on board with this decision to continue after the Lopez defeat, um, and back in May. But um, I mean, I, I as I said you on the way down, you know, the fight was last night was at 130 pounds, um, and it seemed to be the case that if he had to come through last night, the, there was talk of matching him against Cordina or a uh, rematch against Wood up at 130. But I mean. As I was saying to the other guys earlier, the, the Lopez fight, which he, he got knocked out in, in May, was at featherweight, the 126. How, how would he, you know, how would he cope with the, those guys up at 130? Um, fundamentally, he doesn't have the, I don't think he punches hard enough and he stays hit. Um, I don't think, it, I don't think it's that he, that he can't take a punch. It's just that he, he doesn't recover well enough. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, all, it's all up to him what he wants to continue to do. I can't see him, as you were just saying before you asked me to speak there, it's hard to see him rebuilding on undercards in England. And, uh, you know, it's just hard to see that. Like, so it's, yeah, it's, uh, I, 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 I thought he should have retired after the, after the Lopez fight. You know, it's, it's not good for you getting that. That's, that's, that's too many knockouts. Like, uh. Yeah, I think it's three and five. Uh, stick with us, Dominic. We'll go on to the undercard shortly. Rob, did you see anything in the undercard? We had Sean McComb. He outboxed Maxwell, dropped him three times. Ajarko, I think he's got a nice jab, boxed pretty well. Maybe lacks that killer instinct, doesn't like to get hit. Who does? And Tyrone McKenna against Lewis Crocker. I thought that if McKenna could get past the first four or five rounds, he might get into a rhythm and cause Crocker some problems. The only problems he caused him was his uh, fist smashing off his, his chin. Hands, yeah, I'd like to see McKenna retire as well. I don't think, like, I know he's hard and everything. He could take a shot and he's in wars, but what's the fuck about yeah, having a podcast? Did he? Yeah, yeah, he has a podcast uh, all now and he's selling it out and he's doing something different. I don't think there's anything need to see him out again. That was kind of the last roll of the dice for him. Yeah. Um, can't punch. That's really his problem, isn't it? Like if he could punch, he, he, he might have done some something more in the sport. But Lewis Crocker looks okay. We'll have to see how he develops. Like I wasn't, I wasn't fucking jumping out of my seat over that or anything. To be honest with you, uh, Dominic. What about you on the on the undercard? You're obviously there watching it all. Eight fights in total. I thought the pace of the undercard was was good. I I like it to move nice and swiftly, and it, and it did. Yeah, it did. Uh, that was that was good, and uh, you know you don't want to be hanging. Of course, you contrast it to the last fight in Belfast. You know the undercard. What happened? Unfortunately, that South African guy that was fighting Nick Ball. You know that that sort of made the the main event delayed by. If you remember, you know they had to wait for the ambulance and everything to come in, and it it slowed things down. And um, but yeah, last night you know it was it was good, good, good sort of pace this the thing and. Um, yeah, it was a good Crocker. Was it was sort of I I thought McKenna, he looked to me like he was happy to to see the final bell and survive. Um, as as you said to me, you know, if, if it looked like he he sort of was thinking if he opened up and tried to do anything offensively himself, he would probably get caught, um, and 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 put himself in danger being stopped. So, yeah, too sort of too tough for his own good. And um, Agiarco was an interesting one. Um. I, I'm not convinced by him. I'm not saying he was bad last night. I'm just what I'm talking about is the, the way. I'm not saying hype. Hype's maybe the wrong word, but there's sort of been a feeling that he's being sort of groomed for bigger things, maybe very big things. And I don't see that sort of. I don't. I. I don't see that in his performances so far. Um, he's definitely a very teddy boxer. You know, he's the job was very good. Um, but. I, 
I was sort of worried for him. I thought if I'd had him in 12 rounds um, against an opponent who knew how to cut the ring off um, and who knew how not to smother his own work. Uh, Williamson was just a bit too crude to, to really ask those those questions. And Eddie sort of said it in his post-fight interview or one of the eight, one of the YouTube channels, he sort of said, um, going forward, they, the people who are making the decisions for him, um, as manager, whoever it is, um, they need to be on board with the sort of fights that Eddie and Matchroom want to put on the table for him because it looked like Eddie basically didn't hide the fact that it took a bit of bit of a struggle to to get this fight made. Yeah, forced um, his hand almost. Yeah, to to get this fight on. So, um, and again, you know, it, it it looks to me that he's. I always you always look at this level. What what's the punching power like? We all. Are are the are they able to get rid of guys at, at a certain level? And he started off his career at middleweight. He's now down at light middleweight, um, and he still doesn't look to be really bothering guys at this level with his power. Um, so when you look at who else is at that at that sort of weight in the in the British scene, Josh Kelly, who's probably maybe a bit ahead of him. Um, I wouldn't really fancy his chances against Josh. Not that I'm a big fan of Josh Kelly, but um. I wouldn't really fancy his chances. So, I mean, for me, the jury's out. He was he was decent, but you know, you're 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 sort of measuring it against the sort of, as I say, not the hype, but the sort of way he's been marketed and built. That comment on the screen there, Dominic's interesting from Thomas Newman. He says Warren let him go without much of a fight. I didn't get the overriding feeling that Hearn will offer to re-sign him. Yeah, it's, couldn't couldn't disagree with that. There, it's um, again, if you're if you're Maybe it's not him that was dragging his feet to fight Williamson. Maybe it was whoever's managing whatever remnant of the lovely bunch of lads that's, that's sort mm-hmm. of overseeing his choices. But um, yeah, one, one to keep an eye on. But it, it's sort of hard, as, as we were saying on the way home, you know, guys like Crocker isn't really big enough yet to headline on his own. He's got a good good enough following that I could hear it around me where I was sitting in the arena. But um yeah, he he's probably going to have to go and fight um, on Eddie's undercard somewhere, which may not be a bad thing. Um, yeah, you'd, you'd think if they could tie someone up with Podrick McCrory, then they could have a bit of a double act, but I don't think Crocker and McCrory might be the double no. act. And then McCrory is fighting, Ber- uh, fighting Berlanga. That's right. Oh, it uh, is, right, yes, yes. Well, I was just about to say what Marty said. I mean, Eddie sort of, it's basically they haven't confirmed the venue. It, it, it looks like it's early in January or um, Eddie's just sort of, haven't got the venue, I think, tied down. But he, he was it's basically there was a there was a report about it yesterday. I think that's the fight that's going to happen. There you go, uh, Dominic. Stick with us as long as you are able to or wish. Uh, Andy, anything from the uh, Conlon undercard? If not, then you can take us over to uh, Felix Sturm if you want, whichever uh, takes you fancy. Uh, no, I've never seen any undercard, mate. I've never seen Felix Sturm either. Just I've just seen some comments that he'd won. I Ninth round stoppage, he's back. Round. I was going to say eighth round, but is he 44 now? Um, exercise the ghost, I suppose, for the first fight. That's all I can really, can really say about it. But I don't know what he'll do, to be fair, mate. Um, probably just cherry pick. You know, he's he's his own man, his own promoter. Does it pretty well, but yeah, I've seen a copy of the fight and that as well available. I wasn't downloading it. No worth, uh, no worth my, my time at this point in his career, mate. Uh, what about a quick word on Nathan Gorman? Um Andy, I mean, flip me, man. <laughs> he was. Hey, man, that was that was embarrassing. I mean, to to have such, I wouldn't call it high profile, but 
as uh, as a chance to seen by, by by many eyes. And I mean, it's terrestrial TV at the end of the day, and they have a guy. What weight was it? Was it like two eighty or something? Like that. The guy was massive. Two ninety six. Two ninety six. And the other guy was two seventeen. I don't know what Aussie is, man. Aussie oh, needs, needs to be man, that's this one. 80, 90 pound difference, that isn't it? 80 incredible. Pounds. I mean, I know they say oh, he was talented and all that, but this is this is his heart's not in it. And there he is getting rocked up there like that. It was so bad. Very early. I, mean, I didn't watch it all, but his his trunks were so bad that were fonding over his arse. Just oh, they got and, out a big fucking thing of industrial they, tape to try and keep to get, him up. Like, they fuck had to me. get his the tape for his wrists or for his for his hand wraps and get that running beat his gut. To hold, hold it in place, or it was an absolute disgrace, as Ozzy would say, mate. An absolute disgrace. And they, they the Surlands as well. I mean, I, I really don't know what they're playing at with this Channel 5 deal. I mean, they've got a, a great wee gig there, man. They put on some decent 50 50 fights at, at a decent level. We're not talking world level, obviously, and that, but that has got a great platform to have some some good area level fights, maybe even British title here and that, but then you're filling it with fucking this, this trash. People who have had their chance, they're no one it, and then you get to the fucking the German Del Boy and Rodney Trotters of the fucking boxing world, by the way, and let them fucking destroy it. Get Mick Hennessy back in there ASAP, man, before the fucking sink the before the ship does go down and fucking it's, it's unsavable because we need all the platforms we can get with boxing at the minute, and that's especially on free TV. And this is a shite we're getting served up. Absolutely deplorable. I went to my bed after it was an absolute disgrace. Could you imagine Gorman and Hennessy in the ring together celebrating afterwards, Andy? That'd be a sight to behold. I mate, you need to get that reinforced, okay. Titanium girders a lot. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Good luck to Nathan Gorman. He's doing well. Gorman the doorman back in Weatherspoons very shortly, hopefully. Uh, Matty, not going to burden you literally. Still the way flattened fellas down at Weatherspoons though, wouldn't he? Like fucking Julius <laughs> Francis. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Julius Francis getting fucking upended by Tyson, man. He was fucking all over the shop. Then fucking somebody mounted at him and he got splattered. So yeah, don't go up this don't go up to Gorman when he's back on the door and be like uh, you want to lend this mask and tape or whatever? He just fucking smashed it like one be so. <laughs> Getting iced on the door by Gorman. Uh, Matty, stateside action before we move on to the stuff next week. Uh, show, there's no, show box has become no box, but thankfully on a Wednesday we've still got pro box. What, what went down this week? Well, yeah, we had some good pro box action uh, this uh, this week. Um, let's see here. What we what do we have on this one? We had a uh, a draw. Between uh, Yanis Arguilagos and Jose Lopez, uh, that one uh, I thought was a pretty fair draw, maybe leaning towards uh, Lopez. Uh, we had a uh, battle of undefeateds go the distance. Marquez Valle taking out Fareed Ngoga. Uh, that one eh, that was an all right fight. Uh, then you had uh, Mausolino Nicolas Lopez losing a 10-round decision to undefeated Tarek Zaina. Uh, Zayna, an interesting guy, Steve. He's originally from Morocco, spent time at Gibraltar, went to school in England when he turned 18, and now he is boxing out of Tijuana, Mexico. <laughs> Speaks four languages. Oh. Um, interesting cat. Yeah, very interesting cat. Um, so uh, we'll see how that uh, his career pro- progresses. He's uh, kind of more of a boxing type, but uh, you know, to box with that style in the gyms of Tijuana, um, you got to learn how these guys are going to walk you down. So I wouldn't doubt that he's uh, he's uh, capable at what he's trying to do there. Um, uh, the, this card was headlined by Orlando Gonzalez taking a split decision over Jorge Castaneda. Uh, Castaneda dropped hard in the fourth. I was shocked 
that this uh, fight ended up going the distance. But Castaneda just slowly started working his way into the fight and uh, finally uh, managed to hurt Gonzalez a couple of times. And uh, I don't necessarily know that uh, the split decision was right. I thought that Gonzalez probably got five rounds in there at least with what the knockdown should have given him a clean win. But it was a close fight down the stretch where Castaneda was definitely pouring it on. Um, so, yeah, another winning card from Pro Box. Uh, on a Wednesday, they'll have their uh, last one of the year a uh, a week from this Wednesday. So uh, looking forward to that one. Looking forward to a bit of Pro Box, uh, Pro Box even. I'm hopefully going to try and actually start watching them at some point. Matty does recommend them every week. Shout out to them. They're enjoying themselves. Right, quick uh, roundup of all the rest of the action over the weekend. Um, Don King got a card. Mike Perez was supposed to be on it. As far as I know, he didn't turn up. Trey Sean Wiggins, Ian Green, uh, Vaughn Alexander. Yeah, I think it's time to move on. Uh, Kevin Lely, Sajo was in action on DAZN, apparently, over in France. Oh, I don't know who Some of them were just AI-generated names. <laughs> I don't know, like Sports <laughs> Illustrated. There's no fucking way that they're real fighters like Trey Sean Wiggins. Fuck off, man. <laughs> that card was the one that uh, Broner was supposed to be on, too. That's so right. God knows. Maybe that could be any card. <laughs> That could be any card. Oh, that was a card Broner was supposed to be on over the last five years. Fuck me. Uh, the Broner Don King link up is working well as far as we know. A uh, shout out to Sajo for, for, in France. Uh, for, for, uh, Ryan Rosicki uh, with a one round knockout over Duradola. He's absolutely washed, man. They need to um, they need to look after him, I think. And then, Matty, I don't know if you watched this on fr- Friday evening. I did mention it to you. The zone. Uh, one of the prospects, he's got the Wellings curse already, but he's doing, he's, he's, he's going against the Wellings curse so far. 8-0, and 20 years of age. This is his seventh knockout, this time in the third round against Adrian Gutierrez. I'm talking about PBC favourite Jalil Major Hackett. He's my one to watch for the future. So that's going to put the cooler on him, unfortunately. Did you get to watch it, Matt? I did not see that one this week, unfortunately. That's okay. It was a third round knockout for Mr. Jaleel. He did his best. We wish him well going forward. Uh, let's have a look in the chat, see who's knocking about. Then we'll get to Dominic's thoughts on Ryan Garcia. Uh, we've got number one uh, is there. No no sign of number two yet. But we've got Paul Raftery. That'll have to do. Uh, Joker's Wilds in. He says, yo, yo, yo to you. Uh, that Ryan Garcia-Duarte fight was fake. They were throwing punches to make it look real, but it was actually light taps. 100% fraudulent. So there you are. There's a bit of information for you. Johnny's here. The Yo, Runder was eight and a half rounds. But like, whatever about like fucking corruption. You don't think fellas are going to the ring to choreograph fucking fake fights? You yeah, fuck off, man. Like fake fights, fake news. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Yimmy Yappy. Ryan when Rob, when well. Rob thinks your conspiracy is gone <laughs> yeah, too far, yeah. man. It's yeah, joking. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Now that you say it like that, could be onto something. Uh, MB, Andrew Thicket, uh, Ben Russell's here, F2. David Palmer, shout out to David. He always throws in super chats. Good lad. Uh, Danny Young's with us as well, uh, head of the merchandise department. The Juice, uh, Thomas Newman, AP, Will You Stand 86. Uh, Hat and Bombs here as well. Ahmed was on earlier. Duke Dave. Uh, who else we got? Chris Butler. Harvey Price returns. We'll do one more, shall we? Let's see who else is at the bottom here. As we scroll down, uh, take Ames. Wellington, they are take Ames. He was there last night enjoying himself in Belfast. Hopefully you got home safe and well, uh, Mr. Ames. We'll forget about Ryan Garcia. Dominic's not interested in him. And, and I don't blame him as well. He got the job done in uh, round eight. Big up the WhatsApp groups, says Michael Thompson. Patreon.com forward slash Boxing Asylum if you want to join that. Uh, what have we got for next week? Let's have a look here. 
I mentioned this one to you off air, Andy. We mentioned it a few weeks ago, actually. You don't have to make any comment if you don't want to. But this Friday evening, they're not paying for us to go out there, unfortunately. The Lions Centre, Cayman Islands, Matt Windle <laughs> against Craig Derbyshire for the Commonwealth Boxing Council light flyweight title. Windle 7-5-1. and one. Derbyshire's 8-29-4. and four. There's hope for us yet, Matty, <laughs> Andy, sorry, if they're fighting out in the Cayman Islands. Light flyweight title as well, mate. Can you make light flyweight? Fuck no, no chance. Just, just get a bout of glandular fever, mate, and drop about three stone your day. I was going to say, what's that, like seven stone or something, is it? Oh, fucking Jesus, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, it's an odd one, though, eh? Matt, I've never had a Matt Window before. He's from Birmingham, 7-5-1. and one. I mean, how the, how the fuck is your man here, Craig Derbyshire, managed to get himself ranked for a Commonwealth title fight? Is it? Oh, it's, English it's a different know. it's a different commonwealth this is like a, a different sanctioning body it is not the commonwealth title i guess it is surely are you sure yeah, yeah. it would normally say it would wouldn't normally no, it's in be, the, it's oh, in the cayman it, islands it's the cayman world title <laughs> what, what wouldn't it normally say bbb of c on no, there no. if that was the case oh you know no 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 no, no, no. No, I think I'm right. I, th- I think this is a different sanctioning body. I think this is I Cayman Islands. Yeah, it's part it's of Commonwealth. Andy's right. It is. It is the proper one. It's just the fact that it's light flyweight, so it doesn't have much form. This Andy. So I Matt don't... Windle won the title before against a Ghanaian in 2022. Before that, the last time it was fought for was in Ghana in 1987, and then before that, Andy, we go right back to 1902 in the New Adelphi Club where Johnny Hughes fought Tibby Watson, and it was then billed as the World and Imperial British Empire 108-pound title. Yeah, so it was this named back in the days. stupidest fucking title ever. Just <laughs> makes, like, IBUs and WBUs and CB, whatever acronym. This is retarded. Fuck no, but me. that was back in the days when you actually had, like, you had, like, all these different continents, but you had one fighter claiming he was world champion, so they had to go to these different continents and beat these guys to be classed as the man. Different days, different days, but no, it's it is a Commonwealth title. You're right, Steve. Yeah, uh, Johnny's right. Derbyshire isn't bad. He was a journeyman for years, hence the lopsided record. I've seen him fight in Belfast. Shout out to Paul Raftery. He's only gone and thrown in 1999, 20 quid there. Uh, shout out to Paul for throwing in the, the super chat to us. We had a message there. I, I think given that, Steve, yeah. we ought to just do the post-fight pod on the 23rd. I, I think 20, 20 pounds is at least worth 100 likes. Come on. Well, I was going to do it anyway. I'm just trying to get the 100 likes, Matty. They have let the cat out of the bag now, haven't I? I'm weak. I'm weak, man. Yeah, well, I can hear that by the sound of your voice that you're weak. I know, yeah. Oh, I'm dying if, here. <laughs> if, the, if, if the lads of the house want to take over the household, today would be the day of the listening. <laughs> So this is 1999 Bottas now, so we have to do a post-fight pod on what date? Day of Reckoning, Andy, 23rd of December. Yeah, best card ever. Yeah, that's the one, that's the one. Yeah. You should actually do a live, you know what you should do, actually? I'll tell you what, see if we can coin in a hundred... Fight companion, we'll do. For the whole card, Big Baby Miller, the war up. We'll do fight companion if we can get to... What's a long... 20 pounds. At least a hundred quid, and we'll do the whole card for for free. God, I'm gonna be so fucking tired of you guys. Well, it's not for free. Hours. We're charging is a hundred pound. I okay. If so, what you said. So say that again, Andy. Then hundred pound tonight. A hundred quid tonight, and we'll do the entire heavyweight card on the twenty third for free. 
and uh, we're already at 25. We won't even consider what the denominations are. Whatever they call oh, it. Dollar to dollar. Oh, we'll go live at the first card on the day, uh, uh, day of reckoning. Sorry, the first fight. And then just yeah, we'll, go live. We'll do fight companion face. style if we can get okay. to 100 pounds tonight. That's, okay. You okay, realize that's enough. going to be like a six-hour card. There's like eight or nine. Yeah, well, we start at fucking Dubois, Big Baby Miller. We're not fucking watching Isaac Lowe and all that. Like fighting the fucking Middle East or whatever. You, know you don't want to watch Tell We're not going to comment. See, this is the thing. It does come to terms and conditions or Obviously, in that as well, right? So we're not going to be watching. We're going to be commenting on Bivol against fucking London Arthur and fall asleep all the time of shit. Uh, and what do you call him? So that heavyweight shithead, Demore. Well, we're, yeah. we're more commentating on him and fucking uh, Hergovic. Yeah, let's just maybe do the two. We'll do the two main. For, you know what do you think uh, we are here? Fuck's sake, three three fights, what do you think okay. we are? Whores. Do we still have to do a post-fight pod? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. That's another condition. <laughs> Paul, after it, be sorry you threw that 20 quid in, but thanks anyway. I don't uh, think we're going to have to do the pre fight part. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Horsecock <laughs> <laughs> Nelson's going to come in with 79, please. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Appy says, Steve, I want back in the boxing nutters messenger group. It's been too long. I didn't even notice you were gone, Jimmy, to be honest with you. <laughs> Is he still paid on his Patreon? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. It's well, become a, It's become a bit of a shit show, hasn't it? <laughs> always. Always. Fans need to wake up, says Joker's Wild. Audience needs to wake up at this rate. Let's move on. What are we on to? Uh, uh, yeah, Cayman Islands. We've done that one, haven't we? Uh, Dominic, Chris Billum-Smith, next Sunday evening. So you will get a live next Sunday evening. We'll be <laughs> yeah, watching. there you go. There you go. You don't have to pay anything. There's we'll your chat- fight companion. Chatting about the fights. Uh, Francesca Hennessy is on the card. Uh, Michael McKinson, they've both got TBAs. It sounds good, this. Uh, ben Whittaker's against Steven Leonetti, Dredge Hodge. I bet he's good. Lee Cutler against Kingsley Egbenike. I remember him, seen him before. And Chris Billum Smith in the main event, Dominic, for the WBO World Cruiserweight title against the battle hardened pole, Matthias Masternak. What are you thinking about this one? On a great deal, Steve, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said Billum Smith. Yeah, he's. Uh... I would rather see Billum Smith get this rematch with um, React Poor. Um... I think he's. I think he's. He's done enough to deserve that. I'm just. I'm just sort of relieved that we're not getting a, a repeat of that Akoli grabathon that we saw earlier this year. Um, things can't get much worse than that there. So, um, yeah, he should. He should. Uh, he should take our master neck. Um, hopefully stop him. Um, and hopefully move on to either either a a, a rematch with Reactpor or. Um, or even a, a, a fight with um, Abataya, um, which I think I was a said a few months ago, I remember, Steve, that would be a very good fight, which Abataya would probably win, but it would be very exciting for as long as it lasted. Um, yeah, so don't really have much to... Just the, the overall, I suppose the guys have talked about it in previous pods, the overall quality of the of the boxer and Sky product. Um, it's sort of gradually waning every, every sort of time you pay attention to it. Um, it's hard not to, it's hard not to notice that sort of gradual slip and quality control. Um, you know there was when when the first got underway. I remember, you know, when the first started, you had the Khan Brook, and you had a few other big fights, and everyone thought, no, they're not going to go silently into the night. But I sort of, I was expecting quietly. I was sort of expecting this eventually to pass. That, uh, you know, the standard would would get to this sort of level. So um 
Yeah, it's Willem uh, Smith. He, he shouldn't have too much of a problem. You, you wouldn't have thought. I mean, how long ago was it since Masternak fought Bellew? Like, you're talking five years at least, aren't you? Oh, easily, yeah, I would say so. I can't even remember, to be honest with you. It would have been, oh, 2015, eight years. Mm. Fuck, we're old. Yeah, so it's... Tell me about it. Fuck me. <laughs> I, I have my thoughts on the, the boxer and the zone thing, and I look at... There was a an A&R, famous A&R... Um, Jewish New Yorker Lior Cohen, who worked for Def Jam Records, and and he used to have a phrase. He said that we start we sign stars, we don't dust up bums. And Eddie used to sign stars, but he used to dust up some bums as well. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way to the fighters, but Eddie was a great salesman. So he would have you believing that Joshua Boazzi and Lawrence O'Coli are the fucking second coming of Evander Holyfield if you listen to him on Sky. Eddie be on Sky all day banging on about it on his platform and these fellas have left Eddie and realized that probably the grass is not greener. Eddie was probably doing a good job for him and getting them fucking paydays or, or opportunities that were probably more than their commercial value um, allows them to get on another platform. And Ben Shalom's obviously waved a bag of money in front of these fellas with the sky budget, but I don't think Ben Shalom's as good as a salesman as Eddie is like, is he? Even Ed? And he doesn't fucking, he doesn't hype the fighters. He doesn't use the platform. He doesn't have these fellas fucking head to head on fucking, doesn't have them on soccer Saturday and all fucking. Eddie know how to fucking maneuver fellas and make them, uh, get them, gain public uh, traction for them. Like he's, he's a great salesman. Like whatever you think about him, he's a fucking, he's a bullshitter, but he's a salesman. He does his job for his fighters. Like, and I don't, I don't think Ben Shalom is as good as Eddie with that platform. Like, no, suck off Ben Shalom. Completely agree with that. Uh, M. Lithgow 1983 agrees as well, we assume. 4.99. He says, dig deep, lads. And that spurred Johnny in for his customary 79p. So we're moving in the right direction, Andy. As is Boxer, supposedly. Um, Bell, and he said, Bell, you then. Masternak against Chris Billum Smith. I think it's going to be a war. I think they're going to go head on with each other and there's going to be a few brain cells knocked out by the end of next Sunday. Yeah, I think it'll be a decent fight, mate, to be fair. Um, Masternak generally is a, a good fighter. Now, I know he's got up in edge a wee, but I don't know what edge he actually is. Must be at least mid 30s and that, but. Well, I've seen him since the Kalinga fight and that. Okay, it's no great opposition that he's been facing, but it's been opposition that he's he's won over. He's you know he's been active in terms of like his output. He's only been and, stopped once ever. Yeah, another thing as well is I, I think Bellum Smith can get himself dragged into close quarter battles far too often. I think that's bread and water to a guy like Masternak. His experience, the guys that he's been in with in the past, and that as well might stand him in good stead, unless he's completely washed overnight. I think we might get a decent scrap out of this, to be fair. Um, if it goes a distance, it'll be interesting. But I would not be surprised if Masternak has got one effort left in him that he might just pull it out the bag here, actually, to be fair. So it'll be interesting to see what the odds are. So any of you betters out there, Matty, um, definitely have a wee look at Masternak and that because this is, he is, well, was at least anyway. I've not seen him. I don't think he's fought this year, has he? But anyways, he's um, generally an, an active output fighter. So if he's able, to, if he's still like that, um, I think if he's got the ambition, about being a world title fight as well, not get many, many more of these opportunities kicking around about the doors at his age. And that. So it's a big chance for him. So I would not be surprised to see Masternak pull it off here. So you better get a look at it. I would probably say maybe Masternak on decision. Actually, I think he'll be too busy for for Billum Smith. I think we'll see Bill Smith probably cover up in the pocket while Masternak's trying to pick off the shots. And then he rule out maybe a stoppage up against the ropes where the referee just steps in because he's taking too much punishment. 
Interesting, Matty. Thomas Newman as well says, Masternak will beat Billum Smith. I think he can beat Darren CBS. I think it will be a head-on war, and there's, there is possibly a chance. Masternak's a tough guy. Hasn't fought in over a year, though, Matty. Last he went in against Jason Waitley. I think he used to, wasn't he no feel his own pet? Anyway, he's in Australia, and he got beaten by Masternak last October. So the inactivity could be the key, because Billum Smith is active in and out of the ring. We are keeping our videos and pet alive on this part, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Why, are you, man? Last show, man. <laughs> Master Next uh, paying three to one um, right now, so I, I, I guess it could be could be Gave worth some money there. on it. But isn't Master Next pushing up towards towards forty now? Near forty, near forty, yeah. Yeah, but let's be honest. Belmont Smith's got a ceiling. I think he's at it there now. Uh, to be fair, I just, I just. That's a pretty high ceiling, though. Masternak's only 36. He's a spring chicken, Matthew. Spring chicken, spring chicken. I, you were Philly Stormwind by knockout there last night. He's 44. He could yeah, be up at Cruiserweight next. Yeah, but, but yeah <laughs> he knocked out a 39-year-old, though. I, I don't know here. There's a lot of geezer stuff going on here. I just, I can't, uh, I could see I could see Masternak winning. I, I could absolutely see him winning, but I'm not, I think the odds are, are about right. I, I really do. I think William Smith is, he's, He's he's probably the he's he's either the second or third best cruiserweight in the world right now probably so I think he's got enough for Masternak. Uh, final word to you, Rob. Yumiapi says I think uh, CBS will get through it with the crowd behind him. That that is a big plus down in Bournemouth. He's he's built a nice little following for himself. CBS is, uh, CBS is no great shakes, but surely he beats Masternak. I don't know. I think it's a 50-50, to be honest. Yeah, and he's kind of swaying me a little bit, like. Um... But I think CBS is a tough yoke. Like, he's a big fucking tough unit. Like, and I think when a going gets tough, he can dig deep. Um, Masnick, tri- tricky operator, come to fight. I just think he'll get through it. I think you're right. I think it'll be a bit of a firefight, but the crowd will pull him through and he'll win a uh, decision. Decision win, says uh, Rob. Uh, next weekend, Matty, we'll all be watching Haney against Progray, but top rank will be busy at the same time. With their Cuban sensation, Robesi Ramirez, he will be in action over in, I think it's Texas, actually. We went through this earlier, didn't we? Yeah, it is. I oh, know it's Florida, sorry, Florida. Well, same sort of area. Robesi Ramirez, 13-1, and WBO World Featherweight title, going in against Rafael Espinosa. Haven't done any uh, prep or previewing of this guy, Matty. He's 21-0 with 18 knockouts. He's El Divino, six foot one. My God, six foot one, a featherweight. Guadalajara, he's going <laughs> to... He's going to be there, there to be hit anyway. He's fucking what? It says on the six foot one, <laughs> six foot one featherweight. Oh, fucking Jesus Christ! Twenty one and zero with eighteen KOs. Let's see if he's fought anyone. Of people are going to people were outrageous, man. When fucking Helms came in and fucking well, all the way as a six foot what six foot two. <laughs> That's right. Fucking no, six foot nobody. one featherweight. Yeah, he's fought nobody. Yeah, five fights ago, he fought a guy who was fourteen and twelve. So. You Half of them just actually... fucking jumped out of the ring beforehand. That's why he's fought no one. <laughs> Fuck's sake. You know, if I was to say maybe just just like without having seen him, taking a little something maybe from his box rec to say what this guy might be about. Um, he's only 12 as well. He turned pro at 11. <laughs> he, he, beat, he beat Carlos Ornelas, who has a fairly glossy record. And uh, in his four losses, he's been stopped three times. And uh, one of those losses, uh, stoppage losses was not to Espinosa. He went the distance with Espinosa. So that Ooh, power on his, yeah. that power, he might be feasting on some cans there. Good spot, uh, but, Matty. 
Yeah, he might be feasting on some cans there, but a, a lanky guy like that, you know, he could land the right uh, shot and leverage it against anyone possibly so. So um, there's not a lot of value on, on Ramirez, but you might be able to get a little bit on his opponent by knockout just as a punt because um, you never know what could happen there. Uh, Ramirez is a very good fighter, um, but I think that he might be one of those guys who gets a little cocky at times and it might catch him at the wrong time, but I would venture to say he probably walks through this one but as i went through that undercard um there's some interesting fights on that one um uh is a lot of undefeated guys against one loss guys and stuff so um you might see some upsets and some good value on some fighters with some experience on there so definitely keep your eyes out on that top rank card it's not great shakes but i think it's a little bit more well matched than uh, meets the eye You'd have to think the body would be there, Matty, for Ramirez to hit. And I was thinking as well of taller fighters in the lower weights. And Celestino Caballero came to mind. The the Panamanian, I've brought him up here. He was a super bantamweight and he was 5'11". So not far off the Espinosa realms there. But the, the body will be there for Ramirez, you'd imagine, with him being that bloody tall. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's just all a matter if he wants to fight in at that close of a distance, which I, I think he'd probably be willing to. And uh, But, yeah, he's uh, thinking back there, Jeffrey Matabula. Fought at 122 yeah, pounds. He was six foot tall. If he was an inch, Ali Funika fought Nate Campbell at 135 pounds. He was six foot tall or so. You look at Gary Cully. He's a fucking freak. Um, yeah. Uh, but they are, as we've seen with those lanky guys, uh, you can go over the top of them. And uh, that chin is pretty goddamn vulnerable. Uh, all of uh, uh, Sebastian Fandora uh, as well. But yeah, this, this undercard is not too bad. Um, yeah, uh, you got Michael Coffey on there against an undefeated heavyweight. Uh, Jahai Tucker's uh, trying to come back off his first uh, loss against an undefeated Francisco Daniel Verone. Uh, Delonte Johnson undefeated, taking on one loss, Jamer Espinosa. Rohan Polanco taking on one loss, Keith Hunter. And uh, Bruce Carrington uh, fighting Jason Sanchez. Kind of surprised he's not one of the guys getting a... Uh, a one-loss fighter on his rec on his resume there because I kind of think he's uh, got a little bit of a higher ceiling. Yeah, that guy uh, he's fighting went uh, he fought Zelfa Barrett earlier this year. Mm -hmm. oh, I see. I see right. their undercards, Andy. The top rank undercards are getting a lot more competitive lately. Are they? I'm looking at the new mate. I'm just looking at some footage of this guy Esperosa just now. Actually, okay. Uh, what are you seeing? He's tall. He can. He's got a habit of kind of leaning down to kind of you know weird guys. He has to. <laughs> yeah, has to. Aye, but at the same time, he's he leaves that chin. He doesn't do, do much body head movement and that. And Ramirez is a southpaw, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. I think he'll catch him in the middle with some of these left hands, like to be fair. But um, yeah, he's uh... he's made to be knocked out from Ramirez, isn't he? And then we all want to see Ramirez move on and unify with Luis Alberto <laughs> Lopez. Well, that's what I want to see anyway. Skinny legs as well, mate. He's not really good, good footwork. He's going to get knocked out in about three or four rounds, isn't he? Don't know, mate. It could be anything at the end of the day here. I mean, it might mm. just raise to the occasion, but I just look at his record here now as well. He's you know, kind of fought exclusively in Mexico. Yeah, I don't think Saints. he's left before, has he? Oh, one fight early in his career in America. but couple of, uh, couple of fights in America. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's not really fought anybody. What's his ranking? Um... Not sure. In box in box rec, he's forty seventh in the world. So, <laughs> and top he's seventh. He's seventh in Mexico. <laughs> top fifteenth in whatever division Ramirez. Yeah, he's is. been dragged in, hasn't he? Infant, mate. He ain't gonna win. 
It's probably ranked number 11, so he's well doing the, the pecking or the WBO ranking, so he's clearly a, monetary, a, a voluntary defence, so they've seen something in this guy, as you yeah. say, maybe they've... I've not watched much footage of him, actually. I mean, this is over length of time I've been speaking, or you guys have been talking about this fight, I've been kind of, like, catching up with the guy. He's, he's not great, like... He has got long... He's got long levers. He can drop in a few body shots and that. But the level of opposition he's fighting here and that, it's, it's not great. He's got good, decent combos. But I think Ramirez and that would be too quick for him at the end of the day. You know, I, I'm okay with this fight as, as long as Ramirez's next fight is against Lopez. And That's what I was going to say, yeah. That's what I want to say. Yeah. It, give me that fight and, and whatever this fight is, just let it be. But uh, that, that fight needs to happen. Both top rank. It, it's getting stupid. Who wins? Yeah. Who wins? I kind of think that um, that Lopez has just a little bit of that unorthodox, a little bit of a rough style that I think a guy with an Olympic pedigree is going to kind of have a hard time dealing with just because it's so weird. Um, so I, I kind of lean towards Lopez. I agree, Rob. I think that um, Robizi has been there to be hit in the past, and after the first three or four rounds, he wears down. I would fancy Lopez to catch him at some point, maybe not stop him, but I, I, I would pick Lopez in that fight. Yeah, I have to see it. I don't know. Maybe uh, Ramirez can pick his pocket, but don't fucking ask me. Over the, after the last few weeks, uh, my calls on anything. Don't fucking ask me. Like, I don't <laughs> know what the fuck do I know. I've got four words for these. Never trust a Cuban. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, okay, so Ramirez, Ramirez against Lopez. Hopefully, if he can get past uh, the spidery Espinosa, uh, let's move on to the Chase Center, San Francisco in California. We were talking off air, uh, Andy, the Devin Haney against Regis Progray fight. Is this something that's getting you excited towards the end of the year? I tell you what, no. Matchroom, to be fair to them, they are having a pretty decent end of the year. They had Conlon uh, this weekend. They've got the Haney Progray fight next weekend. Then they've got Sonny Edwards against Bam Rodriguez. Then they've got the Day of Reckoning thing on the 23rd, which we're not going to be doing the uh, live uh, companion show for. But it's not a bad end to the year from old Eduardo, I think. Yeah, well, we'd give him credit, mate, but that's his job at the end of the day, as Roy Keane would say, to put on decent cards and that, so, mm-hmm. uh, cheers, Eddie. Um, as for the fight itself, I say, I say to you as well, mate, um, I'm not really feeling it, to be fair, but I say, it's, it's, it's a decent enough fight, um, just because at the end of the day, we reach his progress, for me, that was a career that kind of promised a lot, and a lot of talk, but hasn't really delivered. Um, the his last fight was 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 a snooze fest. Um, so pay the fight was was never that great either until he got the stoppage. Um, and obviously, I think he, he maybe he thought it was was it Tyrone McKenna. And then he but he been in the ring by that point by at least a year. So it hasn't really got the momentum going either. Now you've got Devin Haney coming up. Who will be interested to see how he looks. I think he'll look a lot fresher. It'll be interesting to see how his output is, stamina, especially going down the stretch. So um, a couple of wee question marks there. Um, I think I'm fancying Haney to be fair. I think Haney will probably win on points, but um, I just, I just want to see if if Progre will make make you know wee changes on the fly in that because I just think he can get a bit, bit boring to watch, but repetitive doesn't really change it up. Um, whereas Haney can probably grapple with him in that as well. So I'll probably go with Haney on points, but I'm I'm not feeling it at all, mate. I think this this has got the potential to be an absolute shit fight. Um, hopefully no, and it kind of ends the year with a, with a decent bang, but I love and hope. 
Yeah, I can't blame them for matching these two, but I do think that it has the potential to be a bit of a stinker. I've thrown it out in the chat here. Uh, let us know what you guys are thinking. Go 1983 says, I'm leaning towards Pro Grey. MB says, Fancy Haney on points. Yumiyapi says, Heart says Pro Grey. Head says Haney. Haney will make it a stinker, says Yumiyapi. Um, if you're listening after the, fact, after the fact on YouTube, throw your predictions in the comments how you think it's going to go. And then we'll shame you, publicly shame you next weekend when you get it wrong. Uh, Dominic, no shame in you. We were talking about this fight um, last night. And we, we both watched this Roberto Diaz interview, the former Golden Boy matchmaker. And he had uh, he's very close to Jorge Linares, had some interesting takes on it. He said that Haney has a real ability to slow opponents down, maybe make them reluctant to throw. So th I would ask you off the back of that bit of analysis, can Progre afford, therefore, to step off and try and box with him? Or does he need to say, look, I'm a 140 guy here. I'm going to use my size, my strength, my power, try and make things ugly for you. Because if Diaz is right and Haney manages to, to lull him, snake charm him, slow the pace down, you've got to think Haney's just going to shut him down on points in that case. Yeah, and, and the, the thing that sort of came into my head when you were laying that out there was that... Um... You know, if, if Haney is adept at slowing guys down and getting them to fight at his pace, um, he may not actually have to, to exert himself too hard to do that because Progre is not... You don't associate Progre with someone who fights at a sort of very high tempo, high octane, uh, you know, output of punches. You know, he, he's more of a... Uh, he's quite selective with the shots. He's... So, you know, it's interesting from, from that perspective. Haney's ability to do that may not be um it may not be called upon to the extent that it has done in previous fights. Um but I, I wouldn't uh, I can't really disagree with what Andy said. I, I would back Haney on points. Um I think also what, what you have to bear in mind here is the what the guys have discussed before after Progress last fight is his age. Um you know, I think he's is he thirty five. If he's not thirty five, he's not far off it. Um, he's thirty four, so he's 30, not far off it. Thirty four. He's been in some tough fights. The Taylor fight was a very tough fight. Um, so yeah, I would I would think Haney. I can't see a stoppage. Um, I can see Haney winning a a, a seven five or eight four decision. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting one, but um, yeah, we'll go for go for Haney on points. The boys are throwing in their predictions again. Michael Thompson says, "Just think, Haney is extremely sharp and will keep Progre at a distance." Uh, Johnny says, "I could be way off, but I think Haney gets the stoppage. Regis passed his best and cut into one thirty-five, would have taken a lot out of Haney um, <clears throat> in his last fight." Matty Haney, no, not Haney, the other one, Progre. Didn't look great against the tall, languid figure of Danielito Zoria. I think Progre, to be fair, is a guy who fights up or down to the level of opposition. And if you can't get up for a Haney fight, then what can you get up for? Which leads me to believe that Zoria, he maybe overlooked him or felt the nerves or didn't feel he was the threat that he turned out to be. Well, he was a late opponent too, and that's not the style that Zoria fights in typically. That was mm -hmm. uh, pretty unexpected as far as that went. But despite all that, um, I think what would worry me if I was backing Progre in this fight is in that Zaria fight, Zaria kept circling to Progre's left and he kept throwing the jab instead of, of just throwing a, a lead left hand and letting Zaria walk into it. And I would think that that would be his, is that 
Haney, Haney would probably want to move the other direction. Um, and, and if he's not pulling the left hand with the guy moving into it, he's going to have a lot of trouble finding the left hand with the guy moving away from it. Um, so I, uh, you know, unless he's able to really close the distance, make it rough, he is the better puncher in this fight. Um, I, I just think it's going to be a long night for, for, for him. And my hunch is no matter who wins this fight, I have a feeling this doesn't go the distance. I, I think either Devin Haney's going to have a rude awakening going in against a legitimate puncher, a weight class North, or that uh, he's going to run over a guy who might have just had one too many and, and is just not quite what he used to be. So I just not feeling this fight going the distance at this point. I think as well, Matty Haney is very risk averse. He ties you up, doesn't he, when you're getting close, those spidery arms. Progress feet might not be quick enough to close the distance and get those shots off before Haney has jabbed him and grabbed him. I know Progress lets the shots go. Um, he is a powerful puncher and he is fast, but I just think that footwork, man, I just can see that range and that distance, Haney just grabbing him and bringing him in and, and demoralising him almost because Haney is quite, you know, he's a very defensively astute fighter. Yeah, I think just playing the role of spoiler, he could do that. And at that point, I don't think it's going it, to, my stoppage prediction is probably out of play at that point in time. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I think the question is, is one of the fighters in the other one's head? And watching their their face off, there's a chance that um, that Progre is in Haney's head, and if he does that, he might be able to get Haney to fight unHaney like. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how that that turns out. I um, it, it could be a stinker, but it, it could be a, a kind of a surpriser for for the end of the year. Uh, Kaiser Kobe says if Progre can get the form he was in versus Zapata, he stops Haney, but the miles may have tallied up now. I think if he has the form of the Zapata fight, it makes it a lot more interesting. But I was going to say, it's not guaranteed that he stops Haney. But then I was thinking Haney was um, hurt, wasn't he, by Linares? And someone who can hit the, the trigger quite quickly and catch him unawares has the potential to hurt him. And Progre can do that. I just hope he doesn't stand off and admire his work too much. Uh, Rob, final one to you. Uh, Size-wise, I think Haney will be more comfortable at the new weight. He was killing himself. Progre's got to be active, though. As I said before, he can't wait, sit waiting for that one big shot. He's got to throw punches in bunches, but that isn't really his style. It's an, it's a really interesting fight, even though it's not like an appealing fight to the wider public. But from, a, you know, we're the hardcores, and even we're like so fucking cynical and sceptical these days. We're only looking for big fights. But this is a, a good fight, I think. Haney is in a difficult position because he did look dead at the weight in the la in the second Cambosis fight. It was like fucking interview with a vampire at the fucking pre-fight press conference. Like, and Lomachenko, a lot of people, most people thought he lost the Lomachenko fight. So he doesn't get a lot of kudos in the boxing world because he was Gmail champion and all that. Like, and people are now like, it's, it's mad how Joe Gallagher said, you know, about chip paper and all that. Like after one of his fights, I think it was a, a writer fighting Caleb Smith. Like, oh, that'll be chip paper tomorrow. But everyone was up in arms. Like Lomachenko was robbed. Lomachenko was robbed. And now, now like the perception is more, well, Haney beat Lomachenko. He beat the man, he beat the man. Now he's going up to 140. He doesn't knock anybody out anyway at 35. So going up to 140, you can't imagine he's going to turn into this knockout artist where he's fighting naturally bigger guys. So I think that's going to go against him. And I think he's in a difficult position because if he wins and he doesn't look good, people are going to be constantly fucking hitting him with a barrage of fucking he's not good or he's not what he says he is or he's not what they say that uh, they are from him and the dad's perspective and that. Like, But 
I think Haney can win this fight on the stick. Um, I think Progray might be slowing down a little bit, but I think Progray will be there to fight. I think Progray believes he can beat Haney. Um, I think he thinks he's an all-around better fighter that probably hasn't had the same opportunities as Devin Haney. And um, I believe he'll take it to him, but I just think Haney can win this off the stick, but I don't expect him to look good, if that makes sense. I think it'll be a stinker, yeah. Well, interesting you say that, Rob, actually. You mentioned about it being a stinker, maybe getting a barrage of abuse. This just question just come into my head, actually. Do you think there's a chance Haney could win, but he could come out of it probably not worse off than Shakura did against De La Santos, yeah, but like getting a load, like a load of stick? Like that. Like, I feel like yeah. that he, he gets a lot of stick anyway. Like the Linares fight, he got caught late on. You know, the Gmail Championship, the throwing the stacks of money in the air, the persona, the... You know, Eddie saying he's the next Floyd. I'll never lose to a white boy himself. Like, he doesn't endear himself to people at the best of times. And for a guy who hadn't done a lot in the sport, he had a lot to say. He took his opportunity to beat Cambosis out of sight in the two fights and had a close fight with Lomachenko. I personally thought he lost the Lomachenko fight, but I'm not mad at him being the guy that's the the main currency now as he moves on. Lomachenko's kind of had his time in the sport. Um and I want to see him in big fights with the likes of Garcia, the likes of Tiafimo Lopez, the likes of Shakur Stevenson. But he has to do it. I, did, I think I feel like for Haney, there's a night where he has to actually put the fucking foot on the pedal and do it. Like, stop someone. Beat someone out of sight so good that people are getting out of their seat when he's fighting. And I just don't think he has that style. I think he's good enough. I think he's fundamentally capable. I think he's good technically. I think he's good off the jab. But I do think he has weaknesses and I don't fancy I don't ever see him be the top guy the top top guy at 35 to 40 when he's there. I just I just think the other guys are a little bit better. I think like Tank is too hot for him. I think I think there's there's you know, I think against Tank Davis there's times where he could look really, really good, but I just think Tank could catch him eventually, like with his with his head in the air or something. I just don't think he's gonna be ever be the top guy between 35 and 40. But he has to do something. He has to make a statement in one of the fights for to make people believe a believer in Haney. Like, yep, we need to see some believers. The Doctor FMG is a bit of a believer. He says Progray looked out of sorts in his last fight. Haney by upwards of two rounds. Uh, Progray's a geezer, says Michael Thompson. Well, I hope so. Uh, Kaiser Cobra says Progray better be coming to create room on the inside, punching with the free arms, etc. I don't want him just letting Haney smothering him for a lopsided decision. That could well happen, Kaiser. I'm worried about that too. I'm not that worried. A little bit worried. Uh, MB says Regis is a strong body puncher and Haney is coming up in weight. Yep, that's a good point. Uh, Haney's a good a good body puncher as well, though. So you never know. Right. I think that is all we've got on that one. Everyone seems to put their... The undercard. In. Oh, yeah, the undercard, of course. Yeah. Oh, God. Sorry, Matty. I knew yeah, there was something a... I was forgetting. Who have we got? Montana Love, yeah. isn't he on it? Yeah, not the not the greatest undercard ever, but Liam Perel Montana Love is another is an interesting fight. Montana Love in uh, with another Australian puncher, um, so that'll be an interesting one. I think Perel's probably got to be favored in that one. Um, Andy Cruz uh, taking on Giovanni Strafon, who I feel is a late notice replacement because I thought he was supposed to fight somebody else on there, Tenahara mm. or something. Something right. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Strafon decent for a late notice replacement. Definitely doesn't have an amateur style, so he could probably confuse Cruz or you know give him some weird moments in there. But you got to think of Maxi Hughes box circles around Strafon that Andy Cruz should probably be able to do similarly. Um, and then also you have Ebony Bridges on there, also against uh, late replacement Mio Yoshida, who was active uh, only a month ago in a losing effort. Um, so uh, no great. 
um, one's a fight on that one. But I think Andy Cruz, we're all curious about him. Only a second professional fight, you know, Olympic gold medalist, great fighter in the amateurs. And the Pero Love fight, I, I think uh, definitely uh, uh, could be uh, an entertaining fight and, uh, you know, potentially a coin flip as far as the uh, the winner. Uh, just sliding into Chicks with Dig territory briefly, Matty. Not Bridges against Yoshida, not interested in that. But the new Vivian Obanoff, 3 0 Brazilian Beatrice Ferreira, aka the Beast. The Beast. I'm already on board. <laughs> <laughs> Could have a future. She's going in against Destiny Two Sweet Jones. So there you go. Could be a good uh, yeah. You never know. That could that could be another exciting fight. It could still the night. Anything is possible. <laughs> Destiny has the young fella turning up ringside, don't she? Destiny's <laughs> child. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, that could be a good one. Uh, anything on the undercard, Andy, that takes your fancy? It'll be good to see Andy Cruz out, I suppose. And Strafon is a bit of a step up for his second fight. Do you remember he banjoed James Tennyson back in the day? Mm, vividly, mate. To be fair, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I suppose the Paro Love fight might be decent. Um, Chebenes, oh, ah, no, I'm not bothered with that one, unfortunately. Yeah, I suppose Andy Cruz. I'll, I'll watch that it's purely because we'll see how far as Cuban will go before it falls to pieces for him. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I've been to, I just wanted to really want to see these Cubans really in a real proper gut check fight and see if he can battle through it because I'm trying to think the last one actually has come through and sustained something. Is the guy at super middleweight Morel is he Cuban? Yeah. Yeah. Morel. Yeah. He's a problem for anyone. He's brilliant I think. Well like again like Andy said like he is I agree that he's a problem but you want to see him you want to see someone put up a bit of stubborn resistance to see what see what they're going to be like in the face of yeah, I suppose your boss Anuli did to a point, but he was just like a punch bag at the end, wasn't he? Yeah, but I do I, like I, I do like a look of him. Like, I think yeah. I'd like to see him against Plant. I think that's a fair fight. Yeah, that's a good fight actually. Uh, or, or or what about Demetrius Android? Maybe? No, I think Android's going back down to one sixty if he keeps fighting. I think he'll pack it in. To be honest, hope so. From your lips to God's ears, you never know. What did you think, Dominic, of that Benavides Android fight last week? Thought thought Benavidez very impressive, very impressive. Um, Dominic, do your Andrade doing DMX impression. I thought I'm not. I haven't even. I've never even tried that one. <laughs> never even tried that one. You go ahead, Rob. You go ahead and fare away with that one. You was trying Henry Kissinger impressions last night. Do want to hear my Henry Kissinger? My, my, my yeah, brother absolutely. My brother-in-law. My brother-in-law was my brother-in-law was singing my praises earlier. Well, we're out for dinner, Rob. And he says, uh, you should order your dessert and Henry Kissinger's Henry Kissinger's Basso Profundo. So here it goes, it goes the the, the, the fundamentals. Hello, hello. Hello. I need I need to it's 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 all difficult whenever you're put on the spot, isn't it? That's the flipping Where's Ahmed getting back on? We <laughs> <laughs> people who can perform and drop an act. It looks, it looks a lot easier than it is this fucking box. Get them super chats in the fucking. This is not fucking amateur over here, you know. It's called on, it's, it's called fucking on demand as well, man. So fucking come on. Someone well, put that once, Rob, ages ago in the reviews. It's oh, it's not bad that that podcast was something that's just thrown together. <laughs> so, <laughs> cheeky cons. <laughs> Sorry, he, Dominic. Go ahead. He was all, he was always he was always as exasperated uh, Kissinger that he, whenever he wanted to 
phone someone in Europe, you know, he, he knew when he wanted to phone Moscow or phone Beijing, he, he had a number, he knew who who to who to call. It was very stri- simple, very straightforward. But because of Europe, there was all these different countries, you know, there was no one centre that he could call. He he got very exasperated and he, he sort of turned around to one of his aides one day and he says, Who do I call when I want to call Europe? <laughs> Who do I call when I want to call Europe? That's a brilliant Bob Aaron, man. I fucking love that, man. I think that's how every Cambodian hears Henry Kissinger's voice in their mind. <laughs> there you are. Didn't expect us to go there tonight, but they... Danny Young says I need to get on and do my Zippy and George. <laughs> 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 well, it's probably when you think back. I shouldn't say it. Let's get on to the belly of the week. Bunk, Have I missed anything else, Martin? Money, like, <laughs> going around that big suit all day. <laughs> Have I missed anything else, boys? Or is that it? Like I said, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of guys in some random fights here and there. I don't, some televised, some untelevised. Kind of a weird week if you really explore the box rec schedule. So just keep your eye out. You never know what might be popping up on a streaming service or on YouTube. Brilliant stuff. Let's get on to value the week. He'd be then. fucking paying for it anyway. Whatever it is, he will. He loves Fuck the payment. He loves the payment. <laughs> zone. Shout out. We're coming to the zone in value of the week. Let's have a quick rundown. Who's here? Episode five five one. Rob Kelly is here. Dominic, a.k.a. Henry Kissinger, is with us as well. Matty DiGiallonardo and Andy Patterson. I'm Steve. We've nearly made it to the two-hour mark. Talking of the zone, last night they were live on air. As someone put this in the notice chat, they were live on air. Just started the show, but unfortunately someone didn't get the memo. Let, let's find out. While young prospect Cameron Bong is quickly back in the ring following two impressive victories after his professional debut just eight weeks ago. I am buzzing for tonight and I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Lee and Jamie Conlon, who of course has not only been watching over his brother Michael, but also helped put tonight's show together. Jamie, how are you mate? Um, what a, what a card, top to bottom, room for a really special night, right? Most definitely. Um, obviously, mate, they'll come back. They get back as we've, we've named it. It's, it's the big hailing, but there's been some fantastic fights on the card, and we're, we're, we're treated the, 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 the host of Irish boxing. So much should suit him. That's what you're paying for, Matty. We'll get copyrighted for that now, by the way. That was, probably. Like, that, that was like hurting cats. <laughs> you bastards, the are going to send us to the river. Fuck me. <laughs> I'll have to trim that one out. That was funny, though, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you're a man. So he's dead serious as well when he's standing on the fucking spot, will you? Oh. You can imagine it, eh? Well, we need to send someone out there to fucking sort that out. We'll send it all after they with our fighters here. After we get our fucking sorted out, you old bastard. <laughs> oh, we're going to be smelling a pish as well. <laughs> Poor Arthur. Anyway, moving on. Over to Tim Box. Push some pro boxers around there, old man. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, there's context to this one, first of all, and here we are. Tim Boxeo is back on the scene just in time for heavyweight debutant Guadalupe Quintana Dominguez, 206 pounds, 
and Leila Michelle Martinez, £215. Face off tonight in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, live on YouTube. They are Ooh, 400 plus pounds of pressure. As, a, what? as, a, what as I said to Dominic Bagsby and the referee. <laughs> well, Martinez scored a second round stoppage win over Guadalupe when the corner of Dominguez throws in the towel in their heavyweight boat. So there you are. Two athletes in the prime of their lives, says Billy Boxy. <laughs> Throw us in two towels. Um, <laughs> the beach towel. Come <laughs> on, the girls. Imagine, man. That, this pick from the back, it just kind of looks like Antonio Margarito let himself go. <laughs> and Antonio Margarito wrapped the hands of the one that won. <laughs> it was footage, but I, did, I didn't wasn't able to cut it unfortunately. Well, but it send was. it on. <laughs> yeah. How hard you have, you, are you gonna have you? A, a cheeky masternack later, Rob? <laughs> it's on chicks with digs, L chicks with digs, chicas with digas. Hosted <laughs> by hosted by Maddie and Tim Boxeo. That would they mean that that would sound so much better than Razor Ramon's voice here by a chica. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a success. AP says this is what Nathan Gorman called my <laughs> Nathan Gorman was taping your one shorts up, he was. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Oh, I just seen some of these. I just seen some of these comments there in the chat there about Crawford's wife. She'd smash you two of them up. In five <laughs> Both on the same night, man. Get stuck into them. But me, that's crazy. Uh, anyway, talking to Gorman, we brought him up earlier. There he was. You saw this one, Andy, as well, didn't you? After the sixth round, the referee was fed up pulling up his shorts, so the corner man got the gaffer tape out. <laughs> in memory of the, of, of, of the late great Oliver Smith. It's a fucking disgrace. That <laughs> was a fucking disgrace. Jesus oh, Christ. Dear. He was running around with sellotape all around his, all around his shorts and his waistline, man. It was bizarre. It was funny. See, see when the decision came in, it was, like, well, it was like one of these situations. Ah, oh, well, you know, I tried my best. I took part. It's not the winning. It's to take part. You know, this what counts. Fuck off, man. Get the fuck out of here. Your shorts wouldn't even stay up, man. See what I'm saying about this guy, right? Like, I look at fellas like that went to the gym and all, right? I could not throw a punch to save their lives. But they went to the gym every day and it just cut, like, they would have loved to be a fighter, but it just couldn't be a fighter. And this fella can be a fighter and he can't even get his shorts to fucking stay up without gaffer tape being fucking brought into the equation after round six. Give me a fucking break, man, will you? Like, just talk about ways to talent. Like, I know Dubois fucking beat him in that fucking... But that was... A lot of people thought that was a 50-50 fight and Dubois gone on to fucking run Usyk close and this fella's had a fucking silver tape holding up his shorts. <laughs> on, on Channel 5. Was- oh, on Wasserman Channel 5 show. Fucking hell. Fine minds. It's going to the gym, man, will you? Fucking do yourself a favour. Fuck's sake. Could have won that fight, like fuck's sake. They wanted you to win that fight. All you had to do was train, man. They wanted to fucking set it up for you to win. Jesus. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, I wish like... I really wish Oz was back for this, like to be honest with you. I want Oz's opinion on the fucking tape on up his shorts. Come on, Ozzy, come back. <laughs> the John Fisher content. And maybe the people's boxing championship boxing. <laughs> we are there's Don with his card. <laughs> Is this what Don King flyers are reduced? That's to? what he was, yeah. Fuck's sake. Why are you still putting on stack cards if I assume Wiggins versus Howard? This is a Wait, Wiggins is card. real. Look, it says plus two more title fights, Rob. Oh, well, that's good. Fucking Casino Miami. I'd say it'd be a good time, to be honest with you. 
Mm-hmm. And with the, all a lot of Cubanos in supporting Perez in Miami, I think that's a good fucking that's a good Saturday night out. To be honest, with you better than Booty only on a Saturday night that one. <laughs> he's big. He's big pals with, with Trump, isn't he, Don King? Don is, yeah, absolutely. I think he's big buddies. You see, if Trump gets here, Marty, if Trump gets reelected, you'll have the Don as your flipping ambassador to the UN or something, waving his wee flags. I, I. Don't know if uh, Trump uh, gets to the next election without going to jail, or that Don King makes it without dying. Um, well, if he needs advice, if he, if, if he needs advice, if he needs advice about avoiding the pen. There's no better man to go to than the Don. <laughs> yeah, true enough. <laughs> uh, talking of the titles, there, Dominic. We've got the NABA welterweight title, the vacant international lightweight title, and the continental USA middleweight title. Now, you might have noticed at the Belfast show last night. I think it was a Jarko, was it, or Macomb were fighting for the WBA Continental Europe title. So that sounds like a good one. That sounds like a brick top special, that does. Oh, <laughs> Continental but, Europe. Oh, but hold on, you guys are on an island and you said you didn't want to be part of Europe. How does that work? Say that again, Marty. So they're on an island and they didn't want to be part of Europe. So how does that work? What, you mean in the referendum? Yeah. Like, shouldn't I, you be disqual- disqualified from all that? Shouldn't you? I, I, I don't know. Well, I think, I think in, all, in, in all seriousness, I think the, the boxing, the, the, the sort of sporting bodies are run by a different, um, you know, you're still part of the European, you know, commissioning. Yeah, you're not going to let politics get in the way of the payday, <laughs> are you? Well, the fucking, they realized if they didn't have fucking immigrants, they wouldn't have a fucking product. Back to the WBO Global title. <laughs> Come on, Matty, you're taking us off the track here. Yeah, did, did you see that? Anyhow. That was uh, just on those titles. I think it was announced there during the week that the WBA um, are following the WBC's bridger weight thing by creating like a super cruiser weight division. Yeah. I think I had that yeah, on here but, somewhere. But, yeah, but different weights, and they're not even mm. calling it fucking bridger weight. They can't even like super agree to Super cruiser weight. Like, yeah. Fucking stupid. A super exactly cruiser weight. What, exactly what boxing needs. I know. I, I thought I had that one cut, but I didn't. But you boys are throwing it in anyway, so we'll move on. Um, Michael Benson was tweeting out. I usually try to cut him out, but he's here. He says, Javonta Davis now looks set to become the WBA lightweight world champion and a legitimate two-weight world champion as he will likely be upgraded from WBA regular belt holder after Devin Haney vacated all of his lightweight world titles. Javonta Davis quote tweeted, I don't want that shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> he can't use email, Rob, to receive it. That's the problem. <laughs> Good man, Javante. Do you think do you yes. think Javante controls his own account or do you think someone's doing that for him? I don't know, but he took a clip out of the Mayweather playbook last night, didn't he? And he fucking he he put up a shot of his new car and then followed by Ryan Garcia taking an E against him, like on the night Ryan Garcia fucking comes back like <laughs> so <laughs> learning from the best. I mean, a hell of a fighter making a lot of smart investments there. I think he does, Dom, because he likes a, a deletion, doesn't he? Javante puts up some wild shit sometimes and deletes it afterwards. Yeah, I think he probably does. Yeah, oh, yeah, he he's, does. A, he's a top-tier shit talker for sure. Yeah. Well, he's been beefing with King Roy anyway, and Garcia bit back at him and said, Javante Davis will never give anybody a fair fight. He doesn't have the dog in him. Matty, doesn't have the dog in him. Uh, he's going to come back to Rudy comments at some point in the near future by Ryan Garcia so he should shut his fucking mouth go back to the gym back to the laboratory as the the kids like to call it these days and fucking work on his defence because that poverty shoulder roll that he's employing these last few or or last night at least that that's going to end up with him flat on his back at one point 
Look at Oscar's face on that photo, Andy, to the right. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh. I mean, he's he spotted some chica sitting standing <laughs> by him. He's like, oh, he's you've victim five hundred possibly. You know, I think something's just touched the bloodstream. <laughs> Look at Tyson, man. Tyson's that like, he wants to get in there. Eh? He's missing that. He's missing that fucking endorphin release. It's getting rough and tough in there. Look at this. Here we are. Isaac Warrior alone, Prince Patel. Lowe says, end the year like I gonna start 224. Thank you for the support and message means a lot. No time to step with my family. Prince Patel, Prince Patel is bullying him a bit, isn't he, man? I don't like it. He says, what does no time to step with my family mean? Did he mean sleep? I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> I didn't read that one before. <laughs> I didn't actually read that one. I don't know what it is. It's a bastard, isn't he? <laughs> I love that shit though. I can't lie. Two fellas, two fellas are verbally jousting and one is sharpening the other. Tough shit. You know what I mean? It's fucking. You get what you came for. Steve, Steve's like crying there about always oh, being bullied. Now, fucking hell, Tyson Fury's wife fucking slaughtered the guy, man. <laughs> so he was scrabble he's, he's scrabble jumping. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see your man from the Rage Boxing? Martin put up a good one as well. Isaac Lowe said he was going into some fight. <laughs> Martin says he's going to go for the OK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some nasty bastards out there, man. Isaac, we support you. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya <laughs> excuse me, tweeted out during the week, I have to say that I'm really concerned about Ryan Garcia's state of mind considering his history of mental instability, which he's documented himself. His current erratic behaviour shows he's clearly not focused on Saturday's fight. You won't take my calls, Ryan. I hope you're okay. That was Hello. the lead after, wasn't it? In fairness, right? Me now, I wouldn't even take Oscar De La Hoya's calls now. And like, <laughs> I'm nobody. Do you know, not, even, not a chance. If I had Oscar's number right, and he rang, ask Dominic, right? He could barely get me on WhatsApp. If Oscar fucking rang me, like, right? No chance. I'd be like, no, sorry, man. I take it maybe liar. the first time. You fucking liar! I take it the first time, but I wouldn't fucking like. Uh, I, you take it the first time. You take it the first time just to get you know, and I'd be like, no, no, fucking Oscar, Max, stop, man. Because what time in the morning would Oscar be ringing you, really? You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> to be fair, Ryan, you uh, want to take these two AM calls that I make it to you? <laughs> Rob, Rob, to be fair, those two AM calls be coming into you at about ten in the morning, so that seems reasonable. Yeah, yeah. It's West Coast, West Coast time. Give Oscar a chance, man. I'm not up at ten in the morning. What's wrong, <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh, yeah. You have a slave. <laughs> Uh, we were talking earlier about Rabizi Ramirez possibly fighting Luis Alberto Lopez, an old gad, fresh from Kingston, Jamaica. Kingston. Uh, a pronunciation of his own. Here's the gad. Obviously, um, Luis Alberto Lopez. Oh, see these guys, man. I tell you what, I tell you what, she, she, she really kind of fucks me off, right? It's not their fault, but see when you get, uh, you know, foreign speakers on, on English-speaking television, so like, take that, take that dickhead that does the Spanish football, for example. What's his name? Bal Bal Balagun, whatever his fucking name is. Oh, Balagay. Aye, so, aye, so he actually like overpronounces like, and you get that dickhead that does a German football. He's the same fucking way, right? He speaks like a native. It does my fucking nothing. He's no <laughs> Spanish. He's fucking English. Just speak properly. <laughs> Luis Alberto. <laughs> imagine, imagine the guy from the guy. Luis Alberto Ramirez. I'm like, so fucking. 
Imagine I'm pronouncing like a German name or like a <laughs> or like a whatever language you want to think. Nelched, of. Nelched. Like, like Steve I, McLaren, like Steve McLaren when he was I in Amsterdam for six weeks. He's like, yes, yes, I am. Yes. All we need to do is enjoy, enjoy Barton fucking French, English, French fucking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you, give me, uh, give me Luis Alberto Lopez uh, fighting somebody in Jamaica Alberto. with the dad on comms. <laughs> Fighting Kirkland Lang. <laughs> but I, it was funny, Steve, last night. One of the guys, one of the others was asking plaintively why, you know, on the big screen when they showed Mick Conlon and all the fighters walking through the bowels of the Odyssey and uh, the zone or Eddie, they had like, there was no one in sight, but the, they insisted on having like one security guard on yeah. the shoulder of the fighter as they're walking. That's the slow mo walk. Yeah. And, and someone goes, Why to the hell? There's no one near Conlon. Why didn't need someone to walk him beside him? And I says, Well, the guard could be about to pop out of behind, behind the corner <laughs> and ask if they're going to shower. Is he going to have a shower before he gets warmed up here? The so guard pops out when he's talking to Mick Conley. He's like, see you, Mick, by the way. He'd be like, like Brendan Behan or something. <laughs> Big Jerry Adams glasses instead of his normal glasses. <laughs> just for... <laughs> oh, he's got to do that, hasn't he, the guard, man? That'd be class. <laughs> oh, what have we got here? Now, B. Jackson was getting in touch with Vic Glazer. He says, hey, Rick, have you ever considered passing on your business to a protege or someone that wants to do what you do in boxing? <laughs> whatever that is, would probably give you much name recognition beyond your years. You get to leave a piece of what you built to someone. <laughs> and this, this guy must be a troll. And the sport gets a position boxing. And Rick says, yes, but it's such a business. You need so many facets of mind, personality, disposition, work ethic, boxing knowledge, business savvy, be relentless and be streetwise. Where do you find that animal? <laughs> Fucking work ethic. Unrivaled. Fucking <laughs> grifting arsehole, man. Working work ethic, my arse. Oh dear, good old Rick. What else have we got here? Um, there he is, looking happy as always, old Smigger. He's talking about Callum's chances against Arta Baturbiev. He says they have three belts and be sitting there in a very, very good position. Paul discusses his brother Callum's fifth upcoming fight against Arta Baturbiev. The T boy jumps in and says, "Cover up for twelve rounds and take a points loss like the Canelo fight." Oh, Andy, that's a bit of a low blow, isn't it? <laughs> he dared to be great. He, he set the blueprint of how to beat Canelo. Oh, mate, I remember Bellew coming out saying it was going to be the hardest fight and all that, and Callum was... The, the truth of the matter was, I think he only trained eight weeks and it was to make weight, basically, or something along those lines. And all, they fucking bigged up his chances and they gave him all, all the chance of the day. And what did they do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And Paul, my, every time you see Paul, that's how he looks. It's like he fucking finds it really hard to smile for some reason. Uh, block boy, Smigger, Dominic. Sorry, Steve. You've been blocked by Smigger, I hear. Oh, long, long time ago. I think I got you blocked as well one time. That's right, you did, yeah. Um, sorry about that, Steve. No, that's your right. life's never been the same again. But um, no, no. He's he's rocking the Forge there stout T-shirt there. You know, he's um, he's a lovely, lovely fella, Sal Smigger, the real, the real gone kid. <laughs> I'm not blocked uh, by anyone. Only Steve Kim. He's the only one to block me. The fucking prick. No, the racist. <laughs> He was going on about people having agendas, and then I said something about fucking you have some neck talking about agendas. 
And he yeah. fucking blocked me and then he went at me after he blocked me the fuck I couldn't even respond to it. He was calling me vanilla ice and all kinds of little shit. I love to run into Steve Kim, man. Oh my god. That was before you could even tell him about Agenda 21. Son of a bitch. <laughs> exactly. Don't get me sad. See the best thing. Oh, listen. See the best thing. I've gone down heal. another rabbit hole. I won't even get into it here because we'll all be fucking bombed off the fucking platform. <laughs> fucking Interpol. I see uh, uh, Tony the Smiggers there. Beefy was, he's been in Dublin last week and he was in Belfast last night. You, he was, yeah. You, you'd be forgiven for thinking he was trying to stay away from Liverpool, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what was that again, Matty? What was she telling us about him? What was he doing? What? What was he up to, Matty? Who? Liam's, Beefy Smith. You said he was up to something. You said he was throwing sausages about somewhere. And lightness, Matty. And lightness. Well, God, you guys saw that. Well, Andy would have seen it. So from what I saw in the in the post, he was banging some mob guy's girlfriend. So then he went to the hands for protection, and then he started banging some other mob guy's girlfriend, and then his house got fucking torched. That's and what then, I, uh, but what I you, heard. But did you know, but did you know then question his, his, his performance in the rematch against you, Mike? Nicky got nobbled, Mike. Ooh. Well, isn't Diggy, that an Diggy interesting thing? Did Diggy go noble because he was that was a non-performance of sorts, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'll tell you what. Robert conspiracies, you know. So my dad was speaking of, I got, I inherited all my conspiracy fucking tendencies from my dad, who was the fucking original conspiracy theorist before David Ike. But he reckons that <laughs> the fucking the Yanks threw a fucking heap of women at fucking Randy Turpin when he went to America for the rematch against Ray Robinson. <laughs> he reckoned Turpin was shagged out. That's <laughs> <what he's... laughs> shagged out looking for a handy. Oh, they're fucking they stitched him up they brought him over 60 days they threw women at him they threw him at him I say how the fuck do you know this no even internet how the fuck do you know that like, that's a good one I like that one that's, that's yeah. good that. oh he was shagged out shagged out <laughs> America all they have are Protestant whores <laughs> but it's mad you think about the generations that we, th- we think back like 25 years we're talking about Holyfield and that like I remember being and I know this is Belly of the Week like, but I remember being like in the 80s talking to me uh, my dad's sister's husband like and he had been at the fucking Randy Turpin Robinson fight like but it was only like fucking 30 years ago you get me like it was only like mm. he's talking like 30 years back like and he was telling me vividly like the story of the fight and all that like madness anyway go ahead no that's good um, so what you're saying uh, Dominic he's been told to lay low from from Liverpool is that right so what's he doing there in Ireland man that's the worst place to fucking lie low what the fuck well, speaking to me, he worked in England in the in the sixties or whatever, and used to be having banter with the English lads or whatever about the political situation in the north. <laughs> some fella allegedly said, "You'll never get back those six counties." And someone said, "Well, we do you a deal. Give us back the six counties, and we give you back Liverpool." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Right, right. Last one. So, Liza, Liza. 27. And hey, what's, what's he saying there, Steve? Oh, um, I don't know what his aim's saying. In the top, the the he's, he's reminding you, I think. Oh, yes. Um, the big fella? Yeah, uh, Ames was nominating his pal, uh, Donna Corby. Um, and I can't remember the story, to be honest with you, to tell anybody <laughs> to tell you. So that's a bit of a wasted one. <clears throat> it was something at a, at a concert, Ames. I can't even remember, to be honest with you. So you'll have to be re-enlighten me on that one. In the meantime... Uh, Liza has been nominated. She says Benavides doesn't have the pop or skills to earn Canelo's respect. He's just a volume puncher. Uh, that's nominated by Hamid Boxing. It was a long night, times, man. You can hear that I can barely speak, but we got to quarter past ten, so we've done all right, didn't we? 
Right. I'll give my voice a rest quickly on this one. MJP giving us some advice. She's getting old. Hey, she's, not, she's not liking it. <laughs> and this, I don't know where they're going to are we? Or Instagram <laughs> or something. Here's, here's uh, Michelle. Can we talk about something that I'm sure many of you guys watching this can relate to? I have started reading things like this. I have always had great vision, but only until the last like maybe four or five months, I'm starting to read like, like the fine print is a little bit too small. Why is everything a little blurry? Oh, it's like no matter how much you prevent it, age just creeps up on you. I thought oh my what gosh. is how she really leans into her position? Jesus Christ. I was, do you know what I was thinking the whole time I was watching that clip is how long would I actually tolerate this in real life? Like, not fucking as long as that clip went on. I know that's like, <laughs> fucking shut up, man. What? Jesus. Lovely woman. She's doing her best. We wish her well. Yeah, absolutely. Speak for yourself. She, she, yeah, what's he saying? What's he like? What's he saying is really profound. Like what you're, you know, what I mean, your eyesight gets worse as you get older. Well, what are you? You look forty something. Like fucking. What did you think was going to happen? Fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I, I, go on, Dublin. I know how she would sort out the the, the Israel Gaza crisis, don't we? <laughs> and you could. Hey, I, I I just want to nominate some of the guys in the chat for for the value of the week for saying that basically that they wouldn't uh, hit that. What the fuck is wrong with you? Matty, <laughs> have a bit of respect, man. This isn't chicks with dig material. This is like my god, like like are you guys seriously getting better offered to you on a daily basis? <laughs> you walk into the pub and the hottest chick there ends up leaving with you? No, no, you drink a couple of vodkas and you go home with some random fucking skank that's just maybe a six on her best day when she has two hours to prep. You know, speak for yourself. Fucking filters, man. Your woman probably looks like Jimmy Corkin yeah. in real life. <laughs> <laughs> No, she, yeah, she's a, she's a nice looking woman, and like and like she says stupid shit. It's but always so sexist, buddy. Well, it was so progressive <laughs> over here. <laughs> <laughs> just, just established, established established boxing journalist who treating her like a piece of meat. Fucking uh, oh, it, it, what a world we live in, Rob. What a world we live in. <laughs> Chicks with no dignity, says the Doctor FMG, <laughs> <laughs> which is a better podcast, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you'd be willing to co host that one with me, wouldn't you, Rob? Without some insights, <laughs> right? <clears throat> Excuse me, that's all the ones that I've got. Andy, what have you got for us? I, oh, I'm just thinking that the show would basically be like calling people, and whoever answered is clearly someone without dignity. <laughs> like, if they're taking our calls, well, you qualify. I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> Go on, Andy. What just you got? a couple for me. Uh, yeah. They catch Soha. I think he's head of sports or something like that at Channel Five. He tweeted it. Nathan Gorman back in action. Channel Five tonight, 10 p.m. And Tyson might turn up as well to please share to help support live and free boxing. I tell you what, mate. Keep putting that shit on. There'll be no fucking free boxing for you. I can guarantee. You. There'll be no job for you either, mate. You're booting your ass, skid <laughs> Absolute shambles, man. That fucking card Friday night. What else we go here? Um, 
Oh, aye. That Rizicki, sorry, Ryan Rizicki against Duradola fight was £20 pay-per-view. Sorry, $20 mm-hmm. pay-per-view. $20 That's Canadian right. dollars, that is, actually. Yeah. For two minutes of action, under. Yeah, I don't know how much that is in real money, to be fair. Mm, uh, one, uh, one for O'Hara Davis for visa issues. Uh, one for uh, one for Eddie Hearn. There was a great caption, actually, with Eddie on IFL's Twitter account. It looked like, he looks like he's a washed-out man. Like He just looks jaded. Sums him up right now and that. The whole thing's going to fucking pot. So, uh, one for the old Edward. And I'll finish off with this one. Tony Bellew. <laughs> on uh, having to be kind of like run the campfire chat. Bigging up his his performance against our man Sasa Yuzik. Uh, according to Tony, it, it usually takes Yuzik three rounds to download the data. Yes, he said those words. Oh, they downloaded yeah, the data yeah. to figure Freak. it out. And, it, and it took, but this is the point. It took Yuzik eight rounds to download that data to figure out Tony, and then he knocked him out <laughs> in round nine. Oh, fucking. Fuck, he, he got up at six. He got up at six, mate. Fuck, six months later. Fucking okay, Jesus, so one. He got up at six. Absolutely concussed. He doesn't fucking put that pad in. Well, he probably can't remember. Some joker said last night that in round six, Conlon was downloading the data. Fucking brutal, aren't they? Eddie, should you remember Eddie had to go over? But Billy's, Billy's head was sort of sagging on the bottom rope, and Eddie got up out of his seat and sort of had to cradle his head, you know, before he before he sort of turned around, like you know, it's just up at, but up at six, like up at six, like back in Rocky Four, <laughs> uh, Gillian White and Gibraltar. Just on the hair comment again, actually, I think it just uh, also was jaded him as well. Obviously, I'd be calmly getting knocked out, and that was uh, the fact that. Some... Robert Smith for the board came out in talk sport and basically just put the fucking exclamation and the dagger right through Ben against Eubank. Put the fucking ex- the Kai Bosch right on it. It's no happening. Edward, you need to take it abroad, mate. Uh, good luck with that. You and Connor Hen, all the best to you. Good evening, Edward. Uh, it was it was some watch. And to be honest as well, Eddie, just I know you'll have your wee fucking minions listening in, mate. You're crying there on IFL last night. About how Robert Smith is amiable to you, he'll say hello to you at shows, he'll shake your hand, but he'll no sit down and have a conversation with you. Nay fucking wonder, mate. You went away and got the lawyers involved straight away, you got the dogs on the case, you started throwing the fucking shade about all this type of other shit, and what happens? You put it into the fucking hands of the lawyers, so no wonder the guy doesn't want to fucking talk to you. Would they even trust you anyway? Would they? Because what would happen is you would just turn up in the fucking front of a camera about two hours later, evening cooks, and fucking just spill your guts as you normally do. Start fucking just mouthing off again. So uh, probably best that he doesn't want to talk to you anyway. He kind of he keeps himself safe. You know, but he didn't want Eddie fucking mouthing off in the background about all this legal stuff and that as well. So bad week for Eduardo. Bad week for Eduardo, Matty. Good week for you. Any value of the weeks? Yeah, I think I'll have to pull one from the Boxing Nutters Messenger Group. And stay with me here because it starts off on a very, very bad note. There there was a, a, a rape in Brighton. And unfortunately, Eubank is under investigation as uh, being the perpetrator of that rape, uh, which is terrible. Rape is wrong. And uh, at which point uh, somebody said, aren't there a bunch of gays in Brighton too? At which point Ricky Graville said, yeah, probably have to bring my own pint glass if I go down that way. So I got to give a value of the week to Ricky Graville for thinking if he went to Brighton, he might be a rape victim. I just wondered if maybe Billy Joe Saunders asking about the gay comments, you know. 
what happens in the Nutters channel. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Ends up over here. Sorry, that was... You don't want to keep a secret. Don't fucking tell Maddie anyway. Fuck's sake, man. Johnny tight lips over sake. here. No, Dale, can you block me? <laughs> Danny Young, Bill, Danny Young said, "Held the bell you held, held up at nine by four people." <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the post fight interview? By the way, when Tony, Tony, Tony's getting interviewed, he's like, "Ah, Alexander, Alexander." Oh yeah, he Alex, was. He was like totally fucking concussed, and like Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, oh Jesus. Dear. Hi, baby. Any more, No, actually, no, no. Dominic, any from you? <laughs> no, my, my one was going to be the what Andy mentioned about Robert Smith and Eddie and just all, all that there stuff. Um, you know, Eddie, Eddie's saying that he, he he sort of seems to forget that there's a process that everyone who's failed the test has to go through. These things don't get resolved by having a wee, a wee sort of fireside chat with, with Robert Smith when you can sort of try and put pressure on him in private, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But can you imagine that, you know, what we'd actually say about that, if Eddie and Robert Smith will have a quiet chin wag, where's, where's the fuck, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I'm looking for, actually. Where's the transparency there? Exactly. Can you imagine the fucking, some of these people, these fucking minions talking about it? Oh, what's the day and having a private conversation? That's 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 suspect as fuck. And I, I would say it was suspect as fuck as well, especially for all the legal shenanigans going on in the background. See, this is this type of shit that Eddie likes to do and that throw out these wee fucking comments and try and make it look like he's amiable to a wee chat to get this resolved. That type of thing. that shows you it's, it's a desperate move. It's, just, it's like the time, for example, when Ben got caught with the B sample or whoever it was. And it came back, he said, um, but ultimately, you know, the sample would be tested by a specialist. Wait a minute. The fucking the sample that came back positive was tested by a specialist. So this, you know, these fucking wee things that he throws out there, and just the fucking misdirection. It's coming back to Rust now, actually, because I see you can actually see it. He's actually getting jaded to fuck. Uh, I'm going for Eddie this week. Yeah, well, I see many. So, uh, Rob, what about you? What you, what you got? Any nominations? Please. Can we hear him? Can you hear me, Andy? I can hear you fine, mate. Rob's still on the mute. Rob, hurry up. I'm trying to watch fishing on television. Yeah, I need a passion. That's all right. Rob's maybe been abducted by aliens. We'll go through these quickly. So we had the disowned shenanigans at the beginning. We had Gad's pronunciation. We had MJP complaining about her age. We had the two fine athletes, and we wish them well. Uh, this is an athlete as well on Channel 5. He might turn up on a donking show if he's lucky. Uh, Javonta Davis going in on the WBA. Uh, King Roy fires back. Prince Patel and Isaac Lowe going back and forward. Oscar De La Hoya is worried about Garcia. Uh, Rick Glazer is letting us all know what he does in boxing, sort of. Uh, we've got uh, Schmigger there looking all happy with himself. And Benavides and all the other nominations as well. Andy, are you dead set on Eduardo this week? Yeah, mate, I think it's been an awful week. You know, as I say, he's just typical Edward. Doesn't he know when to keep his mouth shut? Loves to run it. And then when it comes home, he roosts sometimes. It's always good to see him get served with some receipts. So, yeah, go for Eddie. Okay. Uh, Dale says, Matty, you should adopt the no wearing policy. And wearing what? Like Porky, if you want to go past 10k subs. We don't want to go past 10k subs. That's when they start watching you, Matty. Isn't that right? I think they're always watching us, Steve. 
No one's watching us. That's the problem. I think there's only 12,000 in the chat. Sons of bitches. And then Rob won't, Rob won't even answer us. No, exactly. He's had enough. He's put the phone down. I'm here. I'm here. What's the crack? Pay the week. <laughs> Pay the week nominations. Oh, uh, I know. I don't have any. No, I don't have any. None for me. I'm pulling Aussie this week. None for me this Nothing week. Nothing for Moz. Nothing for Moz. <laughs> Who are you going I, for then, Rob? Um, I think nothing sums up the current shit show uh, that boxing is uh, than the fucking Nathan Gorman having his fucking trunks held up by gaffer tape on fucking terrestrial television <laughs> on a Friday night. Like, when the misfits are taking over. Like, I'd probably rather watch the misfit show. I'd probably rather watch that fucking IFL clip of somebody saying they'd fuck somebody um, than watch Nathan Gorman have his fucking shorts held up. And he, what was he, like 270 or something? 270 bills or something? 296. Mm. 296. Lord Jesus. Like, yeah. come on, man. I'm Someone said he's at all that low since his last fight. Shameful, like so. Probably shouting or advise that Warrior Low actually for his fucking before his breakfast just in the morning. <laughs> one for Eddie, one for Gorman. Sorry, Matty, back to you to make your pick, please. I think I gotta go for uh, Gorman taping his pants up like he's Rick, Ricky Graville at a pub in Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, Emlithgo says Misfits takes it more serious than Gorman. Dominic, who are you going for this week? Honorable mention to. Uh, Tony Belly in the jungle about the Easter egg fight. I thought that was very good, but uh, I'd probably go for Eddie. Eddie as well. Two for Eddie. Two for Gorman. I'm going to split it as pick number five, and I'm going to go for Gorman as well, man. I thought that was funny. He doesn't take himself too seriously, does he? He comes in, he has a laugh, he gets on Channel 5 in the night round, or he loses to a Latvian or a Ukrainian. He gets his, his shorts taped up with a bit of gas. Absolute banter, man. That's what boxing <laughs> is all about. Something you committed that on Channel 5. Yeah, it's more Cali Sowerland needed, Andy. That's what I say for now. Nathan Gorman, congratulations. You are the Belly of the Week winner for episode 551. And that is where we shall leave it. We managed to make it through, didn't we, boys? Let's have a look at the Super Chatters, actually, before we get out of here. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Alex Smith. He renewed his Patreon pledge. He, I thought he'd gone, but he came straight back to us. Patreon.com forward slash Boxing Asylum. Shout out to him. And the Super Chatters, who are they? Who were they? Johnny Nelson. Johnny Horscott Nelson, 79p. Ryan Deal threw in some money as well. So did Emily Lithgow in 1983. And Paul Raftery threw in £20. Shout out to him and shout out to all of you for listening as well. And everyone who supports us, hit the like on the way out, the subscribe button. And we might do a post-fight pod or we might not. Thanks to Andy. He's come on tonight. Matty's come on as well. Rapping Rob Kelly and Dominic. And also Ahmed came on earlier. He might be back. I've been your host. Shout out to Ahmed. Tough debut for Ahmed tonight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But he did his best. He'll be back. He'll be back, fighting, pitching. Matty will be in the hot seat. He'll be back, episode 552. A steam train wouldn't stop him. See you all same time, same time, same place next week. And bye. We'll never forget. We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I'm not a metaphor, so I can't fight me. I, I fell asleep. I, I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum, you're a fucking asshole. Rumpo fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has, 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 failed, has failed a test. Seven urine. Seven urine. I'm a fucking smash, fuck are you? I hope you fucking die.
be safe. I love boxing sounds. As simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.